Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of Insert Name FC. And with me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of the show, Edward Robles. Hey, what's up, guys? Episode 63. I mean, there's, there's really nobody I can think of. We're, we're like three more numbers away from at least somebody worth a note. But I mean, we'll get there when we get there. But, but, uh, yeah, just, you're not gonna find people wearing wearing these high sixty numbers and all that. So yeah, just not gonna be the case. I mean, we're three <laughs> numbers away by a certain player right now, but a certain interesting English player. But like, but that's it. <laughs> um, I don't even know if I and we did do Mario Balotelli. I was like, eh. But anyways, but yeah, episode sixty three. I word. Um, it's been. So, you know, obviously, international break is has been is is completed. Obviously, because this episode drops on Friday, and we you know we do we do record these on Mondays. But international break is over. Um, we're starting to see more and more teams qualify for the World Cup. Um, some interesting teams. Serbia is going to Qatar. So yeah, that's crazy. Um, Croatia's back into the World Cup um, again. A little bit different of a roster, though. I mean, I don't know if you got to see uh, a little bit of Croatia. I mean, Luka Modric's still there, but I mean... Yeah. It, you kind of figured that. Yeah, but I mean, for 35, go, probably going into that World Cup, going into his 36 years. So, it's, it's definitely... I mean, Luka Modric still looks young, so I mean, he still plays <laughs> young, so I mean, he's got that going. I think it's it's, it's his height. It's his height, I think. <laughs> his height keeps him young. Yeah. Keeps him it's young. It's like messy. Just like, oh, the drama going on with PSG and Messi. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Man, Jesus <clears throat> Christ. So mad that he went, that he's like, oh, yeah. Well, of course he's going to play for Argentina. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so. Which, oh, man, that that Brazil and Argentina game. That's all I got to say. <laughs> well, obviously, <'cause laughs> it's Monday. Doesn't play till Tuesday. But, yeah. But yeah. here's our here's our reaction now to the Argentina Brazil game. Wow, Edward, crazy game, right? <laughs> what an in, what an intense game it was. Indeed, it was it was something that you would expect or not expect to see from these teams. 
I feel like that scene from The Office, like, oh, let me go ahead and knock out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> Whoa. Him or that- her. I put her in quite the predicament. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really matter for Brazil. They're already in the World Cup anyways, but <laughs> yeah. Argentina still needs to qualify. So, Oh, yeah. Or, I mean, probably by the time we drop this episode, Argentina's down in the World Cup, which, if that's the case, congratulations, Argentina, you're in the World Cup. So, so yeah. Um, but, obviously, there's also some bigger things. I'm not going to be, I'm sure, I'm sure people are tired of me rubbing it in and, and, and doing, you know, mentioning that, you know, Mexico lost to USA, dos a cero, um, two to zero, if you guys don't, un- don't understand Spanish. Um, so, you know, I, I promise I'm not going to go spend this whole episode mentioning how, Mexico lost to USA two to zero. Um, you know, I'm not going to be that guy. I, I, or do you expect me to constantly remind people that Mexico lost to the USA two to zero? As a matter of fact, they have now lost three straight games to the United States, including the the Nations League final, the Gold Cup final, and, and now a, a crucial world, crucial World Cup qualifier. Um, you know, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that, Edward. I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not going to constantly mention how Mexico lost to the USA 2-0. to zero. I mean, I don't think you're going to remind people, but somehow with the way you speak, it's going to be embedded there somewhere. I, I, don't, like I, a I, I, don't, I don't really think it will. I, I think it, it's going to be just, you know, it's, it, it's just we're just going to have a regular show never once mentioning how Mexico lost to the U.S. 2-0. to zero. Hmm. I, I don't think yeah. it's going to be an issue. At all. At all today. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll keep my, uh, the subliminal messaging still in my mind. Yeah, for sure. Anyways. So yeah, we do have a very packed show for you guys today. We got headlines. We got debate topics. We got a little bit more going on with, uh, with Xavi's Barcelona, if you will, um, as it's starting to not necessarily the the big the, the 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 foundation is being laid out, and so we're gonna we're definitely gonna talk a lot about Barcelona today. Um, yeah. So if you're a Barca fan, you know this is your day. This is this is Edward's episode. Is essentially what I'm saying. Um, this is the Barca fan episode um, for sure. Um, but we do have our game recaps. Um, obviously, international break has concluded, so there is some 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 games worth noting. Um, from, from the international break, I'm not going to say a lot of it because, you know, we need to go ahead and keep that for the game recaps, uh, announce our players of the week. Once again, we are talking about international break. So can someone jump over Erling Haaland or tie with Erling Haaland, um, as he's leading right now for player of the year. Um, and I mean, <laughs> it's no, you know, we're halfway through November, uh, December's not that far away. So the race for player of the year is now on, uh, now pretty close. But we're also yeah. going to preview the MLS Cup playoffs and La Liga MX Apertura playoffs. So it is that time of the year again um, where we get to see who are the champions of the U.S. and Canada and the champions of Mexico for the opening season. And, of course, give you guys some games to look forward to this coming weekend. A big highlight is the NWSL final between the Washington Spirit and the Chicago Red Stars. Two teams that I didn't even mention were going to win a single game in this playoffs, and they are in the <laughs> final. So, congratulations to you two because I didn't jinx you guys. So, 
<laughs> so I want to like, once congratulations because I, I didn't they jinx you guys. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I want to apologize to Wilson Digital Media. Uh, also, Carly Lloyd. I mean, I'm definitely at fault for that. Gotham FC, great name still. Um, Portland Thorns. Sorry to Christine Sinclair. Sorry, sorry to my goat. Um, Mega Rapino and, and Oil Rain. I apologize to you guys as well. Um, uh, who am I missing? No, the North Carolina Courage. Sorry, Lynn Williams. Sorry, Mackenzie. I know that's your team. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I did not do well. <laughs> I did not do any of service to the NWSL today. Unless you're a Washington Spirit and Chicago Red Stars fan. If, if that's the case, I, then I, maybe I did the job. But, uh, <laughs> but, but the rest of the, the, rest of the NWSL, that are, we're in the playoffs. I, I apologize for, for clearly ruining your season. <laughs> so, oh, dear Lord. And wrap this show up with a three up, three down. And the topic is going to be um, kind of going back to like the nerd side of us. And that's video game characters. That's basically Yay. all I have here for video game characters. That's um, my forte. That's my forte. So yeah, so be ready for for some some interesting takes, and you'll probably start hearing people's preferences when it comes to video games as well. When you when you hear that, or at least from for our end. But yeah, so that's going to be the show. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You guys are going to hear a great ad, um, and we'll get going with the show. All right. Yo, Edward, I'm digging that jersey. Where did you get it? Thanks. I got it at Fanatics.com. What's Fanatics? Fanatics is your one-stop shop of all things sports. You can get the gear of all your favorite teams. Even NASCAR? Even NASCAR. If you shop using our link, not only will you be getting swagged out, but you will also be supporting Insert Name FC and the Unhinged Sports Network. Nice. I'm going to start shopping now. And we're back. All right. Once again, you guys go check out our social media profiles on Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. If you go to the link in our bios, you're going to see our link to our link tree. It'll take you to how you can listen to us through Spotify, Pandora, Apple, Spreaker, um, how to listen to us through there. Also, you know, belly up sports, check out their website, check out all the great articles that they have there, all the great partners that they have. And as well, our partners in fanatics, audible and Swift lifestyles. and the insert name FC store. So if you guys want to get yourself swagged out with some insert name FC stuff, Hey, the holidays are right around the corner. Maybe get yourself your, give your loved ones, their favorite podcast attire. Um, I there one, the clothing is very comfortable. Um, I actually enjoy my insert name FC hoodie. So go ahead and get yours um, by once again, clicking on the links in our bios on Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. So Go ahead and check that out. But Edward, let's get going with these headlines, man. Um, and we're going to start things off with Barcelona. So last week, we talked about how it is now official. Xavi Hernandez is now the manager of Barcelona. And he is going to he's going to do what he needs to to get this team back in their glory, back to the glory days of what Pep was able to accomplish, to be able to go back to the glory days of Johan Cruyff. So it's... Yeah, so this, that's what's going on right now. But he needs somebody to come in and get these young bucks in line. And who better than one of the most respected fullbacks in the game, one of the most respected Barcelona players in its history, Dani Alves. That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. Dani Alves is set to return to Barcelona. I don't know if they actually mentioned how much he's making, but for a while, Dani Alves has offered his services to Barcelona 
Um, it's something that we've, it's kind of been the trend that we've been hearing since kind of how Barcelona went down the shithole. Um, but yes, the Brazilian fullback is set to re, uh, return to Barcelona and will be with the club for the rainer, remainder of the season. And before we hear Ed, Edward's thoughts on this, I'm going to go ahead and give you this quote from Dani Alves himself. It would sound very opportunistic to say that Barca need me now. I always said that I left because I saw things were not the way I thought they should be. You never want to see everything that has ended up happening since I left. I've said that when Barca need me and want me, I would be at their disposal regardless of where I am. The affection, love, and respect I have for this club is too much. If Barca think they need me, they just have to call me. I still think I can contribute anywhere, but more at Barca because of the number of young players they have now. What does that tell you about Dani Alves, Edward? He is a legit team player. He is a Barca player through and through. Yeah, it's crazy to think because, I mean, when you... I wouldn't say Dani Alves is like the craziest. I mean, but you still think of him as a Brazilian player, which we all know that Brazilian players do love to party. But, um, but I mean, yeah, he is as Barca as it gets. Um, you know how much he loves for the club. I mean, you know how he how he play how he works. He plays hard for his teammates. Uh, we, I still remember when uh, Eric Abidal was was dealing with his. Uh, I believe he was he going through chemo. Was he going through cancer? What was um, it then? I think it was it was um, something to do with his uh, pancreas. Okay, I think. I Let me see. Anyway, so Donny Alves switches number to twenty two to honor uh, Abidal uh, during his fight, um, which just kind of shows what kind of player Donny Alves was is. Not I don't know why I say was, but the man can still play. I mean, he ended up going to Juventus at some point, had a stint there, and has been playing in Brazil for a while. Um, but now, you know, he's been he's he's been seeing what's going on with Barcelona and he wants to contribute in any way possible and and he's going to get his shot. So my question to you, Edward, is what does Dani Alves bring to Xavi's Barcelona? Um, well, let me let me go back to the Eric Abidal. Yeah, it was his it was his uh, his liver and it was cancer. Uh, okay. So, yeah, it was it was like but. <clears throat> I think Dani Alves can contribute, like, for for one personal experience because he's been there. He was there basically through the golden golden years of Barcelona, and he's he's seen players come and go, and he's seen who's built up. He's seen who's been built up. He's seen who's you know not measured up to Barcelona. So, and like he said, like he said, he left when he felt that it wasn't. Barcelona anymore, like that type of the Barcelona that everybody basically knows and loves. And now he's come back, especially because one is like, it's Xavi. And that's, that's one person who you're like, that's Barcelona. That's legit Barcelona Tiki Taka La Masia, like right there. Like that's somebody who, who you know is basically Blograna. God, maybe till the day he dies, maybe like that. That's how intense it is. And Danny Alves just decided he's like, you know what? Like he kept his word, basically. Like he kept his word. He kept what he said whenever, when, whenever you know he left. Like he's like, whenever I'm needed, you know, they just have to call. And sure enough, it's happening. And he has um, the experience to part, the wisdom to part 
to the up and coming, you know, right backs, any any defender really, like, but you know, of course he's gonna he's gonna show how it's done. I'm not gonna say like, oh, he's gonna uh, he's gonna freaking come out of the water and then just overtake whoever's in that spot, which you know, right now is Dest. Um, I just think that he will be able to be a big, big influence on all these young players. And I, I like how you mentioned Sergino. Um, what, the, what, what can, what can Danny Alves help with Sergino? Oh, I mean, like I said, um, they both have that similar playing style. Maybe Sergino's not that much of a dribbler, like that much of a flair, but he does have that speed. Danny Alves can actually show him like, Hey, you know what? You can, you can do this. You know, show him like a move here and there, like something that he can use and something he can can easily do while he's going down the line to attack, to come back. Um, he can even like tell him, hey, when you like basically kind of like, uh, he'll be like, if you're going down, you know, you're coming down, you're going to try to block the winger. He's like, uh, maybe you don't do that. Like maybe go ahead and try to go to the center back, like try to be the last man, even if, especially because you have your speed and you, you know, the center backs won't be able to keep up. You know, just in case if y'all do an all-out attack, um, he could basically just show, like, show him how to be that Barcelona kind of center back. You know, and then he can even take that with him, like whatever he learns in Barcelona, take it with him in the U.S. Men's national team. But I'm gonna say, like, it's it's something pretty awesome to be learning under you know Dani Alves. You know, that's he's considered one of the best right backs in the world. That's true. That's very true. Um, so I mean, like, I, I from from I see, uh, from my from what I'm hearing, and I think it's kind of pretty obvious is is Donny Alves is going to be a player coach. Yeah, like he will be on the field, and he will definitely be. I I feel like in some sense, Barcelona now finally has that leader in the back line. Yep. Um, you know, which was kind of one of your concerns with PK, um, because there was really no real leader in that back line. Um. And now you do have somebody in Dani Alves. I don't think he's may, may, maybe not a vocal leader, but maybe like a lead by example type of player. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and for yeah, if you're if you're a player from La Masea, coming you know at least growing up in the culture of Barcelona, you know who Dani Alves is. You're going to respect Dani Alves, and of course, obviously having a manager like Xavi um, taking over, you're, there's going to be that respect given to those two players. But I think with Dani Alves in the mix, you know. Being with mixed in with being the players in the field, being in the field, and basically being like like outside the field tech, tactical, it'll even probably be like I guess you could say like the constantly urge to Xavi if something happens like in the locker room or something, something like that. You know, he could even be like, hey, you know what? Uh, I think this kid could actually have the talent, or you know what? I feel like he's needs more work, so I need you to work with him, you know, head on or something. Or he's like, hey, he needs to work on his shooting. Can you? give him the pointers to do so. Or Xavi could do the same thing. He's like, hey, so I noticed during training, he did this. I need you to go a little bit harder on him to see if he can actually keep up, you know? So little things like that, like between Xavi and Dani Alves, I think it can actually work out. Yeah, I mean, obviously right now, it's just laying that foundation to put Barcelona back on the right track. Um, mm-hmm. And I think adding a player like like Dani Alves is is definitely that step to to make sure... One, you bring in somebody that gets it. Not saying that, you, you know, obviously you saw Pique and Sergio Busquets, um, you know, but I think you do need a little bit more players to kind of help guide these young player, these young players, obviously talking about Sergino Des, Pedri, uh, 
Gavi, which congratulations to him has making his international debut with Spain. Um, yeah. uh, uh, Ansu Fati. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on when it comes to these like I mean, up and coming young players that are coming for for Barcelona. But I think having having an, another experienced player like Dani Alves that understands what Xavi is trying to do with the club, it, it's going to be very essential to making sure this process does get fully completed. And and obviously, you know, Xavi. I believe it's like a two and a half year contract. I mean, he's, I think he's here till 2025. Um, I think that's essentially his first contract. I'm sure he's going to get extensions, but um, you know, in order for this to work, they got to get it done right, right now. So that way, you know, there is no, there can't be, there can't be no Coleman. Oh, you got to give us some time. You know, there can't be no Coleman right now at this point. And even Xavi came in saying, this is going to be the hardest you have ever worked. You know, like this is going to be, we're going to come in running. We're going to come in running. Like we're not going to do this. Oh, well, give us some time. We're going to see how things work out. No, he has set a schedule and he has set basically goals already to where he wants to be at. And I think that is something that was missing from Barcelona. And you know me, I'm not big on trying to get, you know, older players, especially to Barcelona where I'm just like, come on, dude, like really like, uh, whatever. So, but, with that being said, what makes Dani Alves different? Well, like like you said it yourself, like that's the leadership that they need in the back. Like they need somebody like that in in the back line. Um, like you said, he's not vocal, but he can lead by example. He's uh, and even then, like he is a hothead. But I think with all the experience that he's gotten throughout all the years. He doesn't let a lot of things. He 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 will he will talk back to you, and he will actually show you how to talk smack. So then, and he'll get under somebody's skin, and he'll just walk away and laugh it off. Like he'll be that that type of the player to be the one to get you know the other player in trouble, get him yellow carded. He'll just walk off and just laugh. Like, and then we even saw the the demonstration of how many times has he gotten you know racial slurs thrown at him. Um, He's got bananas thrown at him, and yet that one time he just picked a banana, ate it, took the corner cake, and he was like, "Whatever." Like, you know, he that that's that's showing you know a lot of courage and a lot of a lot of you know balls to do that, and not a lot of players can actually do that. You know, I mean, hell, I'll be honest, like Piquet, he he can be there. It's just I, when he gets upset, he, he does not really control what he's saying or comes out of his mouth or he doesn't show there's, by there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. Yeah. It just, he just goes off and thinks that he has to do everything himself and he doesn't believe that the team can actually help him. He just feels like he's, he's all by his lonesome and that's not the, that's not the right way to do it. So I feel like that with Danny Alves, Danny Alves will have a different mentality. He'll be like, look, I need everybody to be connecting, you know, not just me on the right bag, but left bag. If I want to switch it, I want to make sure, you know, you're there. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to want the back line to be mentally connected and also connecting to the, to the midfield. Like he's going to be wanting to play that kind of style, like Barcelona style. Tiki-tac. No, yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get a little bit more with, with the other, the other side of the, of Barcelona. But right now this is just one of the big components, which is bringing in Dani Alves. But yeah, I think this is the right move for Barcelona. They need to bring somebody that can come in and get the, specifically for the young players, get them to understand and buy into what Xavi is trying to sell because that's the, that's the crucial part about, about, I wouldn't say, I, I don't want to call it a rebuild because obviously Xavi doesn't have a chance, doesn't necessarily have 
is not in the situation where he can do the rebuild. He has to come in and get this team right, buy into the system, which honestly, I think the, the Barcelona way is what Xavi's Barca way will be the correct way to go um, because of what they have. I feel like the players, they have the players. Um, it's not necessarily they have to go after and get every, you know, get players right away. I think they have something there, at least for a core. Um, but you need to bring in guys that can come in and let this core understand that what they need to do. And I think Dani Alves is exa- is that player that needs to be bring in to help the core. And I mean, we've kind of said the names already. I've said the names already. Edward knows the names as well. That core is going to be that crucial part for Barcelona. So once that core is good and well, Barcelona's back. Yep. But like I said, we'll get we'll get on the other component of of Barcelona, and, and we'll definitely get to that. Uh, not that little bit, little bit going after, but we still have two more headlines to go. So uh, we'll take a break on Barcelona, and then we'll go back to Barcelona. Not that, not that much like later. But yeah. <laughs> um. So let's go. Uh, speaking of 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 a former former Barca guy, not necessarily the guy, the player we're talking about here, but Manchester City, obviously managed by Pep, Guard, uh, Pep Guardiola. The man that essentially it, what Xavi is basically going to be replicating uh, with Barcelona, but Manchester City ha- are are still very interested in Harry Kane. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, which is kind of an interesting thing to talk about is 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 Harry Kane essentially available for for the January transfer window, especially for the fact that I believe that there was a, a certain, I think that was something that needed to be agreed upon for Spurs for Tottenham. To get Conte to at least come back, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so you know, I feel like there there was at least a promise there that like, hey man, like I'm sure Conte was like, hey, what's going on with Harry Kane? Because you know, I need a goal scorer. Um, and and uh, and from what it looks like, it seemed that that obviously he took the job, so I'm I'm sure that he thought that the relationship between Tottenham and and Harry Kane are still good. Um, but unfortunately, Harry Kane hasn't really looked like Harry Kane this season. Unless you're talking about him playing for the English national team, then that's a whole completely different story. But in Tottenham, we haven't really seen Harry Kane do much. Um, I don't know if it's just kind of him just kind of going with the flow. Maybe just Rick just doesn't want to be in Tottenham. Because, um, I mean, that's that was a big storyline this, this, uh, this offseason was that Harry Kane wanted out of Tottenham. And, you know, he's now still in Tottenham. Do you feel that, in, uh, like, the fact that there was concerns about how Harry Kane plays, like, you know, he hasn't really been playing that well in Tottenham lately, but then we've seen him score two hat-tricks in, in the international break for England. Is, is there, is, is that a sign that maybe Harry Kane does want out of Tottenham? I mean, it could. It's a possibility, honestly. I mean, it's just, um, uh, like, let's be honest. Like, I don't think, with the current Tottenham, he will not be able to win, you know, uh, EPL, champ, Champions League, like anything like that. And I mean, he's been striving for it. He's been believing in the team. Um, it's just, it's not on the cards for them, dude, honestly. Like, it's just, he has to go look for somewhere else. Like, he has to, if he wants to do that club level, you know, and... I think right now, I mean, morale-wise, he might be, you know, feeling a tad bit low. Um, but I think like maybe changing the scenery like that, it'll it'll help him out as a player. And um, people could look at it like, oh, he's a traitor, kind of stuff like that, and everything. 
But you have to look at it from that perspective. Like, do you really think Tottenham anytime soon is actually going to make it? Like with him in the team, like with him leading, you know, is it gonna is it gonna happen anytime soon? Like, I just as as many players that Tottenham has that I think are quality players, I still don't think they can actually make it to get a champion a championship to the EPL. No, yeah, um, I think Tottenham has just it's 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 just there's so much going on with Tottenham right now. Um, they just. I, I I mean obviously you guys know I'm an Arsenal fan so I know like Tottenham sucks, but um but yeah it, it's just they got really hot at the beginning of the season everyone thought okay this Tottenham team's different um even Nuno Santa got manager of the month and then next thing you know they lose weirdly enough it's like the Arsenal effect they lost to Arsenal and they just weren't the same team after that um at least that's what it's starting to look like because after that you know Espiritu Santa got got sacked. And I mean, let's be honest, like, Espirito Santo wasn't really the guy they wanted. They wanted Conte. Conte didn't want to come to Tottenham. Um, I think it's mainly because he just wanted control of the club. Like, he wanted to control everything as far as, like, the finances go. And um, they didn't want to give it to him. But then, obviously, how the season progressed, they're like, all right, let's just give it to you. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I feel that, you know, maybe Hurricane just doesn't want this sort of dysfunction. Uh, if you will, so maybe you know what? Maybe if you're if you're um if you're if you're if you're Tottenham, maybe you cut you know cut your losses and 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 get ready get ready for uh you know get ready for the big amount of money that you're gonna get for Harry Kane. Uh, I mean, well, okay, let's say let's say that does happen. Where do you think? Tottenham would be or wherever they would land on besides Son, like to basically be the ones to take him in attacking wise. Like who who do you think it would they would they actually try to put somebody that they already have up there, or would they go out and look for somebody? I feel like they would have to go and go out and look for somebody. I don't think that there's a, a forward uh, I mean, I don't think there's anybody in Tottenham right now that can play up top. I think you want to keep Helm uh, uh, and Son on the wings. Um, you know, and I mean, it's not that Tottenham, ha- Tottenham has a bad team. I do like some of the players that they have. I, I do like, you know, Mora. I do like, you know, Los Celso. Um, and Nombele, I mean, that's also a player that seems to be almost out the window. Um, yeah. You know, um, but you're going to have to go out there and get yourself a striker. Um, where... Um, I mean, there's some options. I, I really do think there's some there's some good options for strikers. Um, but you're not going to... I mean, if you're looking for someone to replace Harry Kane, that's probably not going to happen. But you can definitely go find yourself a striker, at least for the meantime. I think, you know, obviously knowing Conte, he's going to want somebody, you know, a big a big guy up top. Um, I mean, I don't. I can't think of anybody that's off my head right now because I think clearly the one guy that I could think of is Lukaku, and you know, well, he's doing his thing in Chelsea. So, and I mean, it would make you, sense because he, he has a relationship. Think, I was going to say, do you think that Tottenham, if they get rid of Harry Kane, do you think they would be up in the running for Erling Haaland at that point? If they really need that one, and they're use that money. Uh, I don't think it'd be enough money <laughs> to begin mm. with. I mean, I guess if you combine the money from what you what you're gonna get from Mendombele and Harry Kane, um, maybe 
maybe, but I don't know if, if, if Erling Haaland really wants to go to Tottenham. Um, I feel like the only team that would make sense for Erling Haaland as far as the English Premier League is Manchester City, and that's just because that's where his dad played. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I think, I think Erling Haaland's more enticed at the idea of playing the cl- where, at the club where his dad played. Um, but then I could be yeah. wrong as well, but I just don't think Tottenham right now has, if that's the case, I think Erling Haaland has a better, has better chance staying at Dortmund than, uh, <laughs> you know, if he wants a better shot at win the Champions League, I mean, Dortmund's the place to be compared to Tottenham, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know if Erling Haaland's going to be that, would, would want there, and I don't think Tottenham has the resources to get themselves Erling Haaland. I think they would have to maybe go for something a little bit a little bit more realistic in there and not as far as price range goes, but maybe just realistic of who's going to actually want to come to Tottenham. Um, and I mean, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe not making a transfer, maybe just making a, a, a loan, get a loan, a player on loan and, you know, maybe go get Luka Jovic from, from Real Madrid, get him on loan with an option to buy. You know, see how he does with them. And if he does well, I mean, then, you know, keep Luka Jovic. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that would be a good, I guess that would be a good buy for Tottenham. And know, then watch, him, just, and and watch him score five goals in, in the first, in his first game. Cause that's what he okay. does. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's what he does. Like what do, what do he do? He scored two goals in his whole time in Real Madrid. What does he do in this first game in Frankfurt? Scored two goals. So, I mean, <laughs> It's possible. <laughs> I think I think you're just mad because he didn't do those crazy antics in uh, Real Madrid. Yeah, he probably never will, especially the way Benzema's been playing. Uh, <laughs> so, because Benzema's been playing lights out lately. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, it, you know, Victor, the only reason why he's not starting is is not playing is because well, you got Kareem Benzema in front of you. You know, so so there is that. But um, but I mean, I guess to kind of wrap up this headline, man, could you see? Uh, Harry Kane out of Tottenham in January. Um, honestly, if if Tottenham is going the same way right now, I I can see it. I can see him actually handing in a transfer request. So you see the drama continue. I, I think that yeah, it's going to be another name we're going to be watching. It's going you know er, you know there's going to be Erling Haaland. And, and Harry Kane's going to be in that mix. Mbappe is going to be in that mix. Um, it's going to be, it's going to see who, who's, you know, the January transfer window, it's going to happen. I mean, we already know, like I said, we already know that Real Madrid is going to go, go round two to get Mbappe. Um, there's going to be clubs looking, looking to try to get Erling Haaland. Um, and well, you know, Harry Kane's going to, everyone's going to keep an eye on Harry Kane because, well, he's not happy in Tottenham. And you know it doesn't look good when he's you know he's playing lights out in England and for the for the English national team, but not for your club. So I think that that's a clear sign that that maybe Harry Kane isn't really putting all much uh, as much effort as we thought for Tottenham. Yeah, I mean we we I could also be I could probably misread that too. I mean I'm just (laughs) you know being an Arsenal fan trying to troll the hell out of Tottenham as well. But I mean like I we. You know, I, like I've said it, I feel like Harry Kane is England's Robert Lewandowski. I mean, the man just can score goals and he he yep. has, you know, he's a big person, but has really good speed. Um, you know, he's he's a very complete, he's a complete forward, just like Robert Lewandowski is. Robert Lewandowski yep. is just, you know, better. But, <laughs> um, 
I mean, not saying that Harry Kane can't be better. I mean, it's just that Robert Lewandowski also has experience. Um, that you know, he he had all that stuff, but plus his experience and IQ, that's what makes Robert Lewandowski Lewandowski. Harry Kane has the has definitely has those capabilities of becoming that type of striker. But I mean, let's face it. I mean, I think he needs to be in a better situation. I don't know if it's Manchester City, but it or maybe they do a swap. Maybe the, Manchester City gets Harry Kane and Tottenham gets uh, the red card machine Debbie Jesus. You know, that's a fair <laughs> trade. You know, the, the red card machine. He gets a red card every time I watch him. At this point, I stopped watching Gabby Jesus because I'm afraid I'm the reason why he's getting red cards. Just like I jinx yeah. every team in the NWSL. So, you, I mean, you could you could you could be right. I mean, has he gotten a red card recently that you haven't watched yet? Last time I watched him was was a, a Brazil national team game and he got a red card. Oh man. So I'm like, yeah, I need to just stop watching Gabby Jesus because Clearly, I'm the clearly I'm the reason he's getting red cards. So, just no. bring it out there. All right. And I mean, that'd be your fair. I mean, he's not playing that much, anyways. And then also, there's rumors going around that maybe Raheem Sterling could be going to Barcelona. Um, yeah, that's I've heard that rumor. There's so many yeah. rumors going around. This Christian Pulisic well, apparently now is in the mix for Barcelona. I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I know you I'm wouldn't like, mind that. <laughs> no, we basically I'd be losing one player from one team and gaining him in another one. So that's not bad. It's just if Christian Felicia can actually stay healthy. Yeah, you get like a full circle moment. He left Dortmund and comes back to Barcelona. Okay, I mean, he did have yeah. a stint at the academy. Yeah. He did have a stint in Barcelona's academy, so it would make sense. But yeah, so that's our thoughts on, on Harry Kane. And then we'll our last headline is Steven Gerrard making his Premier League debut, but not as the manager of Liverpool, as the manager of Aston Villa. That is insane. But let's be real. Liverpool, the Liverpool job is just not available. It's, just, it's probably not, not going right to be available not, for, for quite some time. Not <laughs> with Jurgen Klopp. Not with Jurgen Klopp and not with how stacked that Liverpool team is. So, mm-hmm. so for any... One, if you're a Liverpool fan and you're actually pissed off that Steven Gerrard took an available job, the job was was not occupied. They needed to fill the job. And he was like, hey, you know what? I've done a lot in Scottish Premier League. I'm ready for a new challenge. <laughs> and you're mad at him because he filled an open job. I don't know. I really don't know what to say at that point. Like... I mean, I don't, okay, <laughs> no, because I'm not even mad that Patrick Vieira, you know, took the took the Crystal Palace job. If anything, I was happy for my guy. You know, like, <laughs> you know, that's 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 the legend. That's a little, this is an Arsenal legend, of course. You know, go go fix Crystal Palace. Don't kill Arsenal, but go fix Crystal Palace. Which lucky they didn't. They tied, but I mean, so they didn't kill him too much. So I mean, like, but but that's the thing though. Like, I I, I don't know. I, how do you feel, Edward? Maybe maybe it's just me. I mean, I think it's just you, honestly. So you be mad. Um. So all right, let, let's 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 say I think this would be let, I think this say, would be a question suited more for Kelsey. Let me just put it that way. No, but all right, let's 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 give you a situation. Let's say Xavi right now is still manager of Barcelona. Maybe Bar- Barcelona's you know doing well now. They're back. Barcelona's back, right? And Andres Iniesta decides. Well, Andres Iniesta is right now managing some team in Japan, right? Let's say, let's just say that. 
you know, oh, Espanol just had a job opening for manager. Andres Iniesta takes a job. Would you be mad at Andres Iniesta for taking an open job in La Liga that's not Barcelona? Uh, honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. So you're on the same page with me. So it's not yeah. just me. Like you said, as long as he doesn't whoop our asses, be okay. Well, it's Espanol, so you, that's one of those things that kind of likes to ruin people's seasons. But um, well, not really. They get really good a lot. But anyways, uh, oof. Espanol fans are about to attack me. Anyways. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, so he became the manager of Aston Villa. Um, obviously, Aston Villa ends up firing Dean Smith after just starting really rough for Aston Villa, a team that has had, had some promise. Um, actually, funny enough, on uh, wow, I'm doing a really good job on jinxing these teams. Um, <laughs> so going back to when I was on after extra time for the for the uh, transfer watch, uh, you know, episode, I mentioned how I liked what Aston Villa did with their transfers. Obviously, they lost Jack Grealish, but then you bring in Danny Ings, you bring on Leon Bailey. Uh, you bring in Emiliano uh, Buendia, you know, bringing in some good players to continue strengthening this Aston Villa team. And um, it hasn't been working out ever. <laughs> um, clearly. I like, I, mean, said, I, I, like, I like how you said, well, it hasn't been working out. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Um, so Aston Villa has, has had quite a rough start for the season. And obviously, they end up, fire- obviously, if you're not do- starting out well, well you're going to get fired. So that's what happened with Dean Smith. Um, and they end up hiring uh, Steven Gerrard to take over. Uh, the club, um, which obviously has had quite some success right now with with Rangers, he he you know won the Scottish Premier League last season. Um, just right now, and that's crazy to think how many games he's he's managed already. But he has a total of 124 wins, 41 draws, and 27 losses. Damn! I did not realize how many games he's played <laughs> as a manager. That's why I was like, damn. Was like, how long has he been with Rangers? That's that's a long yeah, that's a long. <laughs> It's a long way, but you gotta admit, like, to he's not moving to like one of those big major teams. Aston Villa is like, a, eh, it's a mediocre team. I'll give him that. Like, it's a mediocre team, so he's not going from, oh, you know, Rangers to Manchester United or Liverpool. You know, like, okay, he's not going I guess to that one would of, be that would make more sense. Would people be more mad? I guess if you, I think they would. I think they would be mad if if you went, went to Manchester, Manchester United. City, I, I would say they, they have every right to be a livid. But I mean, you know, because that's the red rival. Basically, any of the power, any any of the power six clubs, if you would have gone there, Liverpool fans, I have every right to be mad. But he's going they to would. Aston Villa. Like, like I mean, are they even rivals with Liverpool? If anything, it would have been worse if you chose Everton. But I mean, like. As as long as it's not a direct rival to Liverpool, I think you're fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he is going to be he's he's like I said he's taking over Aston Villa. Um, he will be going to make his return to Anfield December 11th. So I'm sure that'll be a game we would keep an eye on, depending on how Aston Villa looks under his under his helm. Um, but I mean, is is this is this is this the next step for Steven Gerrard? Um, it could be honestly. I mean, you, you know, you he dom you know he brought the Rangers back to their you know obviously winning the the cup after so long for Rangers and you know kind of now making that rivalry with Celtic now actually a rivalry. Um, I think he did his job with Rangers, and now it's just it's time for him to to test new waters. And I mean, you know, the Premier League was the inevitable. I mean, Scottish Premier League. 
I don't know where, where, where you want him to go and manage Ajax for a bit. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like at, at this point, it made sense for him to make a, a move for a power five league. And, and it makes the most sense to go to the English Premier League when he speaks English. And it's, it's pretty helpful, you know, to, to be able to do that. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think Aston Villa is, is definitely a good, a good step for him to at least t- see how he's in a fair in the, in the English Premier League. Before maybe maybe Jurgen Klopp decides to retire one day, and then now the job is open. So then yeah. it would make sense for Steven Gerrard to fill that that job. But yeah, but, and then, but for, right, for right now, I feel like this is a good way for him to test himself, uh, see how he does in the, in the English Premier League. Yeah, and, and and you know, if Liverpool ends up ever opening that job, I mean, I'm sure he's going to be the next successor. So yeah, but I mean, and I depend, can't wait. And depending and depending on his track record with Aston Villa. You know? that, is, that as well, or maybe he just skips that and goes and manages England. <laughs> so, true, just, true. But then again, Gareth Southgate isn't hasn't been doing too bad. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to see uh, Steven Gerrard take over. I mean, I haven't really got to watch many Rangers games. Um, I did like get highlights of the Rangers Celtic game, but to actually finally see uh, a Steven Gerrard kind of it's kind of interesting because you know you got Xavi going back to Barcelona. Um, I've seen all side, but let's face it. Like no one's like, Oh my God, have you seen all side last weekend? So, so I can't wait to, you know, you got these two amazing midfielders, you know, that I feel like everyone could have said like, yeah, these guys are going to be managers. At least that's what I thought. I don't know how you felt about Steven Gerrard, but you know, we're going to see like, eventually we're going to see these two face off. Right. I think so. It's possible. So, I mean, I can't wait to see it. I just can't wait to see a Steven Gerrard run, uh, run team. Just as, as much as I, hopefully not against Real Madrid, but I can't wait to see a, a Xavi run Barcelona. <laughs> so it's it's going to be fun. It's it's really cool to see that, but I definitely can't wait. But yeah, man, uh, if you guys want to see uh, Steven Gerrard's return to Anfield December 11th, we'll, we'll, we'll probably end up making that our game to watch this, that weekend. But, but yeah, Steven yeah. Gerrard's return will be December 11th. It's going to be really interesting to watch. I just can't wait. I will be watching uh, the first game uh, of Steven Gerrard as the manager of Aston Villa. I, I just can't wait. Damn. There you go. To, to, quote, to quote Kelsey, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> so, so I guess that's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to say fantastic. <laughs> All right, Edward. Mm-hmm. It is debate time. And this debate topic is brought to you by Swift Lifestyles. Swift Lifestyles is the ultimate energy and focus supplement for the gamer. Um, you know, we like we like drinking Swift Lifestyles. It tastes good. Plus, there's no there's no hard crash like the other energy type uh, energy drinks. And and it's not more than just gamers. I mean, me and I were, are are no gamers. You know, um, but we do play FIFA. We you know I play NCAA. Ever play some other stuff. I know you tried to get me to play Friday the 13th once. Um, nah, I, was, I was dead by daylight. Dead by daylight. Um, but yeah, you know, we like to play games. Edward can go ham on, on Batman. Um, FIFA. And FIFA. But yeah, we like Swift Lifestyles. It tastes great. Rocket League. And Rocket League. Um, but yeah, we love Swift Lifestyles. If you guys go to their website, www.swiftlifestyles.com and use the code InsertNameFC at checkout you'll get 15% off on your purchase. So thank you again, the Swift Lifestyles for being our partner and for the debate topic. So 
this debate topic. So if you got if anybody really remembers Pep Guardiola's beginnings with Barcelona, um, once again, the, the team before but before Pep took over was was ran by Ricard Ricard Frank Ricard yeah Frank Ricard, um, a, a Dutch manager wasn't looking good, um, and then Pep Guardiola takes over, and he laid out some rules that the club must follow in order to play for Barcelona. Which, when you read the rules, you kind of realize, well, this is the end of Ronaldinho. Uh, so, <laughs> so essentially, that's what it was. Uh, what it was, was just kind of trimming out the fat that, that Pep believed was going to make Barcelona what it was. And for a while, they were they applied those rules. every Like, once again, everyone knew, you just had to copy what Pep did and keep it going. Yeah. Um, after Luis Enrique, well, everybody just decided yeah, to have everybody their own decided style. to do their own thing. Actually, as a matter of fact, Luis Enrique ended the rules. Uh, he actually put an end to those rules. Thought it was, it was, it was, it was too much. It was maybe testing the players too much, and he didn't like it, so he got rid of the rules. Um, but yeah, so that's what happened. And it, it maybe some people may believe that that was the cause of Barcelona's downfall. Um, but Xavi, once again, Ronald Koeman, Dutch manager. Gets fired. Xavi becomes the manager. <laughs> you know, the 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 story repeats itself, if you will. And if you guys don't believe me, well, Xavi has placed in rules that he expects his players to follow players and coaches to follow um in order to be part of Barcelona. Have where have we heard that before? <laughs> <laughs> so um uh, before we before we get into it, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure people know how Edward feels about it, but I'll go ahead and say the rules. Rule number one, players must arrive 90 minutes before training starts. Rule number two, staff must arrive two hours before training starts. Rule number three, players must eat at the club's training ground. Rule number four, fines have returned. So they are going to start finding players once again. Number five, fines will be doubled each time for the same misdemeanor. Rule number six, players must be home before midnight two days before a game. Rule number seven, players must give their all in training. Number eight, players' off-field activities will be monitored. Rule number nine, risky activities will no longer be acceptable. And rule number 10, a good image is essential. So once again, if, if Ronaldinho was still in Barcelona, yeah, he would not be here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Edward, so what are your thoughts on Xavi's Ten Commandments, if you will? I mean, what are my thoughts? I, I think, okay, so you know me. I'm not one for rules, honestly. I'm not, I'm really like, I, I'm I'm like a loose kind of guy. Like, I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm more of like, if you were to put me in this team, I'm pretty damn sure I would not make it. Hell, I, I get to work early. <clears throat> I mean, late. I mean, you know. Just, just putting it out there, um, but whenever it's like it's like selling a broken ship. Whenever you know there's something wrong with the ship, you're not just gonna keep selling it and be like, ah, oh, it'll be fine. And then you're just gonna keep on pushing through, and then all of a sudden something else breaks down. Ah, eh, it'll be fine. You know, you gotta stop it, and you gotta basically repair it, and you gotta repair it basically from scratch. 
Um, same thing goes for like, you know, a classroom, but, uh, you know, uh, even, even, even family, sometimes you gotta have to put some ground rules because, you know, okay, this is getting out of hand. Like, you know, okay, I'm going to tell y'all we need to do this because we already let go of the fundamentals. Like this is, this is not the way we used to do things. This is not the way that the family or, you know, like the ship is run. So we got to start from scratch. And I think that's what Xavi's doing. He's literally building from the ground up. He's not, he's not just, okay, grabbing the team and be like, asking the players, what do you like? What do you like? Okay, you're, you want to do that? Fine, you can do that. Just make sure you don't do it too often. No, he's being like, okay, you know what? I don't care if you're a star. I don't care if you're going to be like uh, up and coming. Uh, I don't care if you don't like my rules. This is what it's going to be. Like, and we're going to set it down like this. So whoever, of course, you know, whoever decides to follow them, they'll be fine. They'll be good. Um, if anything, they'll be, I think they will get that um, disciplinary mentality. Like that's what the team needs is discipline. And I think this is what this rule, these rules are going to end up bringing. So that way everybody can be, you know, copacetic and they can learn how to actually be synchronized, whether, it, whether it's like with time management, um, um, playing and then even with the what is it uh players off field activity or I'm sorry um players must give their all in training I think that's where Danny Alves as well comes in you know what I mean like that's what I was just telling you earlier that you know he's gonna be like hey you know Danny go a little bit harder on him I was like I feel like he's being soft you know like and then he's gonna go and then it's gonna bring out either the ugly of the player or the oh okay you challenging up to me I right, I got you like and I'll and I'll meet your challenge. You know, like he's going to, I think he's going to, he's going to bring out that kind of, uh, I think he's either going to make them fume all the negativity out and then keep all the good stuff in like with this, with these rules. And then slowly but surely, you know, everybody's going to be like, okay, you know, I understand why he did that. Or, you know, the other guys are going to be like, man, you know what? Screw this noise and just leave. Um, but being as a Xavi is a very respected player. And now as a coach, like, I'm pretty sure that everybody's going to be like, all right. And I've, I mean, people have already broken these rules. And, but he apparently is, is like, since he has the fines already, he's already started putting down on them. So he's, he's being pretty much of a, you know, hard ass. And, but we will see what effect it has in the future. But I agree with these rules because I think that that's what was missing in Barcelona. It's a lot of, a lot of discipline. You know, they needed something to be right there, like something that they can actually, a guideline, you know, to follow. No, yeah, for sure. I think when you have so many young players on your team, uh, there needs to be a standard. Uh, and I mean, like I said, we we, we speak on the parcel way um, and there's a professionalism with it, you know. Uh, if you want to talk about like the prime example of of a Barcelona player when it comes to professionalism, that's that's Puyol. Um, yep. I think he's he's the best example of, of what it means to be a, a professional Barcelona player. Um, just his demeanor, you know, the way he played, the the way he wanted the game to keep going. Um, I know we're talking about on the field, but that's kind of the presence that you expected from Puyol, and he got that respect for it. Um, and, and I think uh, these rules. You know, maybe for a younger generation, I feel like the younger generation crowd's like, "Oh, this is stupid. Why do we have to do this? Why do we get before?" No, that's just yeah, this is, that's me making fun of the young people. I think, I think, I think um, one of the players was actually Ricky Puig. Either I think he was either coming late to the training, 
think it was. But that's the thing, though. Is like there's gotta be there's gotta be uh was it repercussions? Yep. There's gotta be repercussions. I mean, if you show up, and you know that's like that's and that, that's not just in game. That's like that's in life. Like you can't be late to things. You know, like and, and you know, lucky for, you know, I guess maybe not lucky for them now. But like in in most jobs, you know, if you're late, you know, you get fired. You know. Yeah, especially if you do it like three times or something like that. I think it. Is. Like yeah, first so time I mean, is a is a is a warning. Second time is a write up. Third time is another write up. And I think the 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 fourth time, since it's like technically the third time, it's basically a suspension or you fired. But I mean, like the the, the rules, honestly, they all kind of incorporate with each other. I mean, you just gotta show up an hour and a half early to to training. Um, you're already an hour half. You're already an hour and a half there. You know, before practice starts. So I mean, if you're gonna get an, you're gonna get a quick bite while you're eating in the in the in the training rounds. Yep. So there you are. That you know you're already there. You're you're. If that's the case, show up earlier so that way you can eat. Um, and, then, and, then, and then even and even then, like Shabby uh, has those uh, dietitians to work with the players. Like, mm-hmm. hey, since you you're you're this type of build, this is how much you weigh, this is how much protein you need to intake. Here's how many carbs. Here's all this. Like basically the macronutrients. So uh, what kind of foods you need to eat? What kind of plates? Like they'll set them up. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, I'm pretty sure they do have cheat days. They're, they're not going to be like straight up strict, but I'm pretty sure they'd have cheat days. So that's also one thing you look forward to. Like, you know, it's, um, well, I mean, with it, the reward, your job, your job is your body. Like when it comes to being pretty athlete, much your, your, your body is your job. So, I mean, if you're not taking care of your body, well, then you don't have a job. Um, pretty much. And that's true. And then like, uh, the players must be home before midnight, two days before a game. Day. I mean, it's just common sense. Yeah, you can't you can't why be you, staying out. Why are you gonna go out? Like this is the, and that's all. This is the this is the Ronaldinho rule, um, essentially. Yeah. But I mean, it, it you know, it, you know the off the field activities are gonna be monitored. It's because you know, once again, uh, a, a a phrase that I I can't like you know going you know shout out to Soft Sports for this one, but you know Ed Honcha, one of the things he always says is your best ability is your availability. Well, if you do some really crazy off-field stuff, you know, and you get hurt, well, you're not available. You're not going to play, you know, like yep. and, and you're going to have, you know, that's going to cost people. And then like the risky activities, you know, like they're just not going to, they're going to have zero tolerance. That's not saying you can't go play basketball on, on, you know, on, you know, on off days, you know what I mean? It's just saying like, Hey, well, last, maybe you shouldn't try to jump off a building for, for fun. Um, you know what I mean? So like, it's go just, skydiving. And shit. Yeah, go skydiving and all that. Like, you know, it, it, you know, like it, it's just certain the little, little things. But and, and then the whole a good image is essential, and this kind of goes back to like, there's a standard with being a Barcelona player. Xavi knows that standard. He was the he is the standard of Barcelona. You know, you go especially because he's about if if you want to understand why Xavi is doing this, well, if you guys remember the pictures that he had when uh, for his welcoming. Look at all the trophies he was next to. Yep. So I mean, it, no one should be criticizing what Xavi is trying to do. I'm sure that this is what he did with Al Saad, and look how they turned out. Yeah, uh, they do. So, so I, I don't think. I, I mean, if anyone's having an issue, I don't think anybody really. I think if you're a Barcelona fan, you are all for this. But I think if you're if if you're someone that maybe just doesn't like rules. Um, and even now where I said, like, he's not a rules guy, but he's all for this because he knows this is needed. Uh, there's a reason why rules need to be set in place. And I think Xavi understands that. And, and for these young players, for no, for them to understand the true Barca way, they have to comply to these rules. Exactly. 
or not and just keep Barcelona being bad. I mean, <laughs> no, it doesn't hurt me, <laughs> but, but if the discipline is there, Barcelona will be back. And I think that once again, it's about laying that foundation. That's why he's bringing in players. Like he brought in a, a like da, a player like Donny Alves. To, and I think he can come in and talk to these guys. Like, yeah, I know these rules sound like a bit much, but it's for your own good. Like it, like, and one, he was part of it. I'm, I'm sure he, Maybe when he was younger, maybe he's like, man, I don't want, you know, I want to go out tonight before the game. You know, I want to go clubbing and all that. You know, Donny Alves is somebody that can relate to them. Even though, let's be let's be, let's be honest, most, most 21, 18-year-olds don't necessarily listen to the person that has experience on that anyways. Because let's face it, when you're younger, you don't think that, that that same thing is going to happen to you. And then it happens to you. And then you're like, oh, man, they were right. So, yeah. so that, you know, that's just the thing. But, I mean, though, I think, you know, this is this is the right. This is what needs to be done for Barcelona to come back. Because once basically, again, you're Xavi, saying it's in the right direction. It's in the right direction because Xavi, Xavi doesn't ha- like Xavi. Even though a lot of people are very excited for him and happy for him, he he's kind of on a tight leash. Like yep. if he screws up, it's over. Yeah, like, if he like, screws up, and basically, like let's say, to be honest, let's say he starts and he loses, let's say five games straight. Everybody's gonna be like, "Why the hell did he even come?" Like everybody, everybody that's like in Barcelona, I'm still giving him the benefit of the doubt. Like I still think it is gonna take time, but I feel with Xavi on the reins, I think he can actually do something. Yeah, because if they, if they go into a five game losing streak, they're definitely gonna be like, "Oh man, those rules are stupid." <laughs> yeah, like you need to take those rules off or something. Like this is just dumb. Yeah. But, no, I really don't think so. I think that's exactly what they need. They need a discipline. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. Once again, also, personal, uh, players, I mean, if you guys don't want to follow the rules, don't follow the rules. I mean, no, <laughs> don't. listen to this moron. He's the one causing the NWSL League bad luck. Hey, hey, those Chicago Red Stars and, and, and the, the Washington Spirit fans are very happy that their team's in the final. <laughs> so, but what about the other teams? What about the other teams, huh? Well, we're talking about the, the teams that are in the final. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so that is, is uh, obviously you can tell me and I were both for this. Um, I'm kind of reluctantly for this at the same time, because obviously this is, this, this affects you're, you're my just, team. You're, you're for it out of respect. And, and also, man, fuck these kids. <laughs> All that's, right, like old that man. that's the message Shavi is saying. <laughs> man, man, fuck these kids. <laughs> All right, old man is sitting he? on lawn chair. Is he not? Is he not? Like, tell me, tell me he's not. I don't think he's saying that. A good image is essential. That's right. That's right, Sergino Des. You can't be going to Messi's farewell speech in, in, in basketball shorts and a, and, a, and a Bulls jersey. Oh, man. That was just, that was just, uh, kind of threw me out there. So, so, so you with me now? Fuck these kids. So, <laughs> That's her yeah. Gino. I'm just yeah, putting no, it out there. I know, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. Hey. But yeah, so guys, the, the debate topic has been dropped on our social media platforms on Instagram and Twitter at Insert MFC. Go ahead and share your thoughts, how you guys feel about uh Xavi's Ten Commandments. I think is that is that what we're gonna call it now? Is that is that gonna call it his rules? Is that kind of sacrilegious to say that? Blasphemous? Possibly. Possibly. So I'm just going to keep it at the rules. Xavi's rules? Yep. 
Yeah, there's nothing really I can. All right, kind of like kind of like how uh, you remember Timmy Turner and the fairies and the rules. Da rules. Da rules. <laughs> okay. All right. So Shavi's rules. All right. So there is that. So once again, once again, go ahead and check it out on, on Instagram and Twitter at InternameFC and go ahead and share your thoughts on this topic. And also, if you guys have a topic in mind for a future debate topic, you can go ahead and send it to us on a personal message. Once again, on Instagram and Twitter at InternameFC, or you could just drop it on the on the debate topic. And if we like it, we'll not only give you a shout out on the podcast, but we'll also give you a shout out on social media and uh, and we'll go ahead and discuss the topic. So there is that. All right, so we're going to take one more break and then we'll go into game recaps. Hector, are you listening to music? No, I am not listening to music. I'm listening to my audiobook on Audible. What's Audible? Audible allows you to listen to a large library of audiobooks at your convenience. What if I'm not sure about Audible? Well, you can start a 30-day free trial when you use the link audibletrial.com slash podcast. Not only do you get the experience of Audible, but you'll also be supporting Insert Name FC. I'm going to start my free trial right now. And we are back. It is time for game recaps. Edward, what is your game to recap? All right. So my game to recap is... It's, um, well, we said you weren't going to bring it up, but I guess I'm bringing it up. It's, uh, the USA versus Mexico game. You mean, the, you mean Mexico lost the US two to zero? <laughs> yes. I thought we weren't going to bring that, that up. That but, game, that game where Mexico lost two to zero, is that the game we're going to be talking about? Yes, precisely that game. So the U.S. beat Mexico 2-0, as someone politely reminded me, in like twice before I even said it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, USA beat Mexico. 2-0. Um, <laughs> Mexico had 51% of the possession. So, mind you, it wasn't like a, a one-side kind of game. Um, the possession-wise, uh, it was fairly even. Um, USA outshot Mexico 18-8. to eight, So that was pretty intense. Like, it just, they, I guess they just had more haul than trying to just score. They were really looking for that win. Um, Ballista scored uh, the goal coming off the bench in the 74th minute and also Weston McKinney on the 85th minute. So, you know, that's that's always awesome to hear from Weston McKinney and from Christian Pulisic. As we all know, we we love those two, you know, on our podcast. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, so obviously watching this game, uh, aside from the fact that Mexico lost 2-0, to zero, uh, the, this game, honestly, I felt USA played how everything I hoped the U.S. was going to play. Like this was the U.S. team I was hoping to see from when you hear when we when we heard all these names Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, um, Brandon Aronson. Like these guys that are playing in Europe. Like you know we're like oh man these guys are gonna like we see the potential. It's not that we're all overhyping these guys because they play in Europe. Like we see the quality that they bring. I mean Brandon Aronson didn't have the best game. I I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that 
that Brendan Aronson had a great game because uh, he had an average game. But, you know, we see a lot from Brandon Aronson. But the game, to, to be honest, man, the player of the game for this game, and it was give, man of the match for this game, was given to Christian Pulisic because he scored the goal. But Timothy Weah was a problem for Mexico throughout the game. Mexico had no solution for Timothy Weah. Weah was, was really making Gallardo look like a fool on the field. Maybe that's probably why they wanted Julian Araujo um, also. Uh, and honestly, Brendan Aronson, the only issue that he had was just that Chaka just brought it and then poked his eye. Um, <laughs> that also happened. Um, but I mean, like you had, like, even though the possession says 51% for Mexico, this possession, the, the ball was essentially on Mexico's side of the field because the U S had this high press going for them. Yeah. The, the high press was working. They had no solution for Yunus Musa. Musa just Musa won the midfield multiple times. Tyler Adams did his thing in the midfield as well. Weston McKinney clearly did his thing. The midfield brought it. This was the midfield that we were talking about last week. That this is the midfield I want to see. And the midfield is is looking great. Um, the back line, Walker Zinneman. I mean, like, <laughs> walk, like honestly, Walker Zinneman had the game. And like I didn't, this is you know obviously I didn't I didn't hate Walker Zimmerman. I said I don't mind Walker Zimmerman out on the field either. Like I don't mind him. I mean I would like to have seen John Brooks, but Walker Zimmerman came in big for some big moments in the defense. Um, Zach Steffen, you know, like even though I said those things about Matt Turner, and you guys know I do like Zach Steffen, and I yeah. like that there's competition. I think that's the best part is that there's a clear competition for the number one spot for goalkeeper. I think for right now it's clear Zach Steffen is our guy. But, you know, obviously, hey, don't mess up because you got Matt Turner right behind you. Um, kind of like that AJ Styles Undertaker meme. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, it, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing to have competition for the goalkeeper spot. Like, it's great that we have these two good goalkeepers. Um, and we know that, I mean, Zach Seven came in big, had a great save early in the game. But I think just props to the U.S., man. They they had great possessions. They they had the ball majority of the time. They became, they were so frustrating to Mexico that it went to the point where Mexico had to resort to what what most teams in Concacaf do: resort to dirty tactics. Of uh, you know, you you know, players having to commit fouls in order to stop goal scoring situations, uh, poking people's eyes. Um, so I mean, like, they, you know, they had to go into to resort to that. Um, I think. I don't know if it's essentially that Mexico was just, you know, not good. I think the age is kind of coming to them now. Like, I mean, let's face it, this this generation of Mexico players that they have right now, um, it's it's kind of almost out the door for them. Um, do they have some promising young players? Of course they do. It's Mexico. Yeah. Um But uh, you know, like I was expecting more for Luis Romo. I didn't really see anything from Luis Romo. Um, I was I was expecting a lot from Gallardo, but you know clearly Timothy Weah is not the person he wants to face off against. Um, <laughs> you know maybe maybe he was hoping for Paul pa Ariola, not Timothy Weah, and uh, well Timothy Weah was there. Uh, there you know Hector Herrera. I don't know if he can keep up with these young players. I don't think he really did that well against this uh, American midfield. Um. You know, it's like kind of like, you know, the time has passed for that generation of Mexican talent, amazing Mexican players, 
But, you know, it, it's going to be time for that new generation to come in and step in. And there is some, I mean, if you guys have been watching the U-20 Mexican national team, like there's some players for sure. And I mean, there's still some players that were playing in this current Mexico team. Um, but I mean, they just couldn't get, one, they couldn't feed Chucky. Chucky was not that, I mean, Chucky had his moments, but to be honest, Chucky wasn't really that much of a factor for Mexico in this game. Um, it was all U.S. On This game was very heavily all U.S., the goal score shows it. The shots, the shots in total was, was shows it. But I think this is what we were hoping to see from the U.S. men's national team. This is what happens when you put your most talented roster. Your, your most ta- this is this is the most talented roster that the U.S. men's national team has put out. And I'm just glad that we finally got to see it. Damn. Well, I mean, there you go. I mean, you you explained it very very well, very well put. Um, the thing is, like you said, they gave them room for their money. They they couldn't feed Chucky. <laughs> Chucky, it was the one that they were looking for a lot of the times. A lot of the times they were looking for Chucky, but um, yeah, he couldn't he couldn't finish because I mean the U.S. defense wasn't letting him. They weren't. Yeah, just great game, and obviously, the 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 icing on the cake is always great to, to for one for the U.S. to win, but also. To hear the great scoreline, dos a cero. So, you know, obviously that's an ongoing thing for U.S. men's national team fans. Uh, that's kind of been something that the U.S. men's national team is able to do against Mexico is winning 2-0. Um, and that's one of their favorite chances, chanting dos a cero. Um, but, yeah, um, I think, you know, obviously, like, I have to say, Memo Ochoa, I don't know what you were thinking when you when you said that in that, in that interview. Oh, the but, man in the mirror? The man in the mirror, just, uh, you know, like uh, if there was somebody to say something about the U.S. in that manner, I would have not thought it would be Memo Ochoa to say it. I could see Hector Herrera. I could even see Raul Jimenez. But Guillermo Ochoa, for him to be the one to say that Mexico is the is the, the reflection on the mirror that the U.S. wants to be. Um, that's not the actual quote. That's just me paraphrasing it. But I will say, uh, great timing for Christian Pulisic. Who would have thought that he would have known that, hey, let me write man on the mirror on my shirt just in case <laughs> I score a goal today. And literally, like, not even maybe 10 minutes on the field. I think seven minutes on the field, and he scores a goal. Which was assisted by Tim- Timothy Weah, who, once again, was a problem for Gallardo the whole game. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, and then obviously you had the Weston McKinney goal. Um, I think he was trying to set up a pass for... I don't. I forget who it was. I think it was for was Ferreira out on the field at that point. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. But all in all, a great performance for the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, I mean, Pepe didn't have didn't didn't have his best game, but I think he did his job uh, very well as a, up front. You know, kind of being able to keep the ball moving when when they had those high presses. Um, but yeah, I think this 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 like I said, this was the most talented U.S. Men's National Team roster, and I can't wait when this team's at 100. percent So. Uh, especially when, you know, Sergino's back on the field. But, you know, this is how the team's supposed to look. And, and it's great to see it. Obviously, they got to keep this going, uh, keep this form going. So, Greg Berhalter, do not, do not fuck up, you know, at this point. You, you know what you have with these young players, and they're getting more experience. And that's what's going to make this team more dangerous um, as they continue to grow uh, as the U.S. men's national team. Yep, exactly. I mean, they're... And they're going forward. It's not. It doesn't look like they're stopping. So I'm just glad. I'm glad also for the result. 
I'm glad of the way they played. It was a very, it was a really good game to watch. Like it was, it was a pretty good game. Like, especially when considering the rivalry, you know, that's something, that's something you want to see. Like when it's a rivalry, you want to see that kind of game, you know? So, but don't think Mexico is done yet. You know, obviously we still have the second game, which they're the, the second game against them, which will be in Estadio Azteca. So expect, expect that one to be a little bit more grueling. Um, than this one, but definitely can't wait. Uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing from this rivalry. Uh, I know people talk their shit. Uh, tactical manager was saying we're accepting new applications for new rivals. Uh, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, Mexico is still still much so the threat of CONCACAF, and they are still going to be the standard of CONCACAF. Just right now, the U.S. men's national team has got their number uh, for right now. But at least let's enjoy right now that Mexico lost the U.S. 2-0 um, for the meantime. Um, but yeah. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and transition to my game, which I will say, Edward, I did not expect this this chain of events to happen, but it happened. Serbia beat Portugal two to one. So uh, yep. I, we'll definitely get into like the reason why this is this is so huge for for this game. So Serbia had fifty seven percent of the possession. Serbia also outshot eleven to nine. But the reason why I'm I'm mentioning this this match is because Serbia has qualified for the 2022 FIFA World Cup, meaning that Portugal will have to go to the playoff round to in order to qualify for the World yep. Cup in Qatar. Yeah, and there's actually only one spot left for a playoff round. No, for like the the UEFA teams qualified for Qatar 2022. Oh, there's one more spot. There's only one spot there's, left. There's all, yeah, because it's uh, Germany, Denmark, France, Belgium, Croatia, Spain, Serbia, England beat San Marino 10-0, and then Switzerland's the other team that um, made it through. So there's only one more spot. And so, so, so there's one Portugal. More, so there's one group that's left? No, one, like one more oh, spot. Oh, there's only one spot for UEFA. Literally, literally one spot for UEFA, yeah. And that's where Portugal comes in, where they have to pay in that repechaje. Wow. Yeah. And I know Italy's also in there. No, actually, I think Italy's already out. Italy's out? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Wait, are you sure? Yeah. I'm I'm really guessing so. If that's the case, that Portugal has to play for that spot. I mean, I think so. The last, because yeah, this was the last day of World Cup qualifying for mm-hmm. unseated wait, into the semifinal draw. Uh, let me see. So only one team can come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. What? Yeah. Only one team comes out of the playoff round? Yeah. Let me see. The playoffs will yeah, be played it, in a single leg knockout match. It scores level at the end of the 30 minute extra time of play. If score remains, penalty should have used to determine following approval. Of the- yeah, I'm looking at the little. Uh, Based off the results, the qualifying group says the six best ranked teams will be seated while the bottom will be unseated in the semifinal draw. Uh, the best two nations league group winners finish outside the top of the group qualify for the advanced playoffs and will be conceded. 
Wow, that is just that is just crazy. Yeah, so basically, you're looking at a World Cup without Ronaldo or without Locatelli. That is crazy. Yep. You're still you're still in shock. <laughs> like I'm just kind of like, how? Let me see format. Because uh, with okay, with Port- Portugal, the ten group, kinda... group runners will will be joined by the best two Nations League group winners based on the Nations League overall finish to finish outside the top two of the qualifying. These twelve teams will be drawn into a three playoff paths, playing two rounds of single match playoff semifinals. The three path winners qualify. Okay, so okay, so they're gonna separate for the. Okay, so okay, now I get it. So there will be three. There's three spots. There's three spots yeah. for qual for away for qualification. Oh, okay. So they're gonna split them into three different brackets. Yeah. So there's there's unseated teams and then there's seated teams. And so the yeah okay, okay, all right that makes more <laughs> sense. All right that makes a lot more sense. So there's three spots. So I mean if Portugal and Italy are in the same bracket, I mean technically yeah they could each eliminate each other. But yep. there, there's still a chance. There's still going to be three teams to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, that was Jesus Christ. That was bonkers. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, wait, way to way to keep confusing the fuck out of me. Uh, <laughs> it's worse enough that you had that you had to add things to the Champions League as well. It's essentially the the the, the Super League. Uh, Pretty yeah. much. But uh, and then you know Serbia fans obviously going crazy because they're, they're in the World Cup. You know, I, I I would be too. <laughs> My team just beat Portugal to qualify for the World Cup. Um, you saw this, the Serbian fans, you know, running around doing this, the Ronaldo celebration. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, uh, happy for the Serbian fans uh, being able to have that moment. They beat Portugal two to one. Um, they, they they felt like how I feel about that Mexico lost two to nothing to the U.S. So, so there is that. All right, our players of the week. Who's your player of the week? All right, so my player of the week is Christian Pulisic, who scores a goal coming off the bench in the USA's 2-0 win against Mexico. That just sounds so great to see. Just great to hear. Great to hear. (laughs) The man of the mirror. The man of the mirror scored coming off the bench. Yeah, he did. Oh, man, you love to see it. It's what you love to see. You love to see, it. and this is crazy enough. This is Christian Pulisic's first time being voted in for Player of the Week. So, <laughs> all right. So, Hector, I think that's more. Of a, that, I think that's more of a testament to Chelsea <laughs> more so than anything else. <laughs> but, but yeah. So, congratulations, Christian. And who is your Player of the Week? My Player of the Week is just has just ruined the Player of the Year ballot as now. I pick Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> so uh, now it is an even tie once again between Robert Lewandowski and Erling Haaland. So sorry, Edward. Eventually, you're going to have to pick between one of them. <laughs> right. Um, but Robert Lewandowski scores two goals in Poland's 4-1 win against Andorra. Um, but yeah, you know Robert Lewandowski. We kind of mentioned to him mentioned him earlier in the ep- in the in the episode. How he's. Ju- I'm just going to say, he's the best striker in the world. I don't think that there's any argument uh, that can even debate on on Robert Lewandowski right now. I think he is the best player in the world. He deserves two ball in the oars, but I don't think when it comes to the striker position, I don't think anybody can match him. Yeah, you're right. 
and he showed his class once again as he as he helped his team, uh, you know, in World Cup qualifying. So, but yep. but yeah, that's the that's that's my player. So congratulations, Christian Pulisic, and Robert Lewandowski, both helping their teams win. Christian Pulisic obviously beating uh, Mexico two to nothing uh, for his <sighs> U.S. men's national team. Um, and Robert Lewandowski handling business against Andorra as we we would expect him to. But there yep. is that. All right, Edward. So the MLS playoffs kick off this weekend. Um, and uh, don't worry, Edward. I will help you through this. <laughs> through the MLS playoff talk. Oh man. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and start things off with the Western Conference. Um, funny enough, not one single team from the state of Texas and the state of California has qualified. For the MLS playoffs. Damn. Yep. LAFC, out. San Jose, out. <laughs> LA Galaxy, out. Um, Houston Dynamo, out. Austin FC, out. FC Dallas, out. Jeez. So, yeah. So, here is the teams that will be playing in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, essentially, I guess you could say the quarterfinals, if you will. Um, Oh, I guess no, not the quarterfinals. Uh, but before the game, in order to go to the quarterfinals, this is the games. So the first game is fourth place Portland Timbers taking on the fifth place Minnesota United. I think this will be the game to watch. Obviously, usually when you have the fourth and fifth seed go up against each other, it normally ends up being a very close battle. So I expect nonetheless. But I'm actually going to go with Minnesota in this one. Uh, I like what I've been seeing from Minnesota United. Portland has been kind of disappointing for me this season. Um, they're not up to what I usually expect them to see from them. So I think Minnesota can come up top against Portland. And this is, and we're just going to nod. <laughs> yeah, I'm just nodding. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the next game is Sporting Kansas City versus Vancouver. I've liked what I've seen from Vancouver so far this season. Exceeded my expectations. I, as, as my expectations were, they were not going to make the playoffs this season. Um, so they have exceeded it. Um, and Sporting KC, being the team that I thought they're going to be up in the upper part of the of the play of, of the rank of the standings in the Western Conference. Um very solid team. I think very, very good. Um and that's just gonna be the reason why they move on to the next round. It's just they're a very good team and that's gonna it's gonna stay like that. So that's my thoughts. I think Sporting KC uh continues their form. And plus I would love to see uh uh Sporting K Sporting KC and Seattle have a rematch against each other just because of the whole Tim Milio Christian roll down rock bottom thing. Oh yeah. So that would be good to watch. Um, and then the other game is Seattle Sounders taking out Real Salt Lake. Uh Real Salt Lake spoiling again this, the the LA Galaxy. So, you know, all all the LA Galaxy needed was Real Salt Lake to lose and then win or draw, and they would have been in the playoffs. But Real Salt Lake had other plans and they ended up winning their game, um, which was funny enough against Sporting Casey. But they end up, you know, winning so they can get that last spot in the playoffs. And they're going up against Seattle Sounders, who got Jordan Morris back. Jordan Morris is now back. Like, Morris is healthy now. So Damn. So, and then also, if you're, you know, U.S. Men's National Team, obviously, once Morris is back in, 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 in good condition, well, the U.S. Men's National Team just got a little stronger, don't you think? So, yep. so yeah. Um, so, maybe good timing for Seattle. And I, I actually do expect that. I do expect to see that. That the Seattle Sounders move on to the next round, and then if you guys are wondering who's that first seed, well, the big shocker of the whole of this whole MLS season, the Colorado Rapids, the Colorado Rapids, a team that no one 
even thought of this year for the first place spot of uh, their first place in the Western Conference. So, um, can we see, you know, can we see Colorado continue continue their form or um, does Seattle or Sporting KC have something to say? Uh, I, I'm sorry to the Colorado fans, or maybe not sorry to the Colorado fans, but I don't expect you guys to make it to the MLS playoffs. <laughs> but, you know, maybe good thing for you <laughs> that I'm not, and I don't think you're going to do it. <laughs> At this rate, <laughs> this rate with my picks, I've been going. <laughs> so, so Colorado, yeah. congratulations! You just made it to the Western. Con- you, you just made it to the MLS Cup because I don't think you're going to win it. <laughs> yeah. And then in the Eastern Conference side, so in the first round we have the fourth seed NYCFC taking on the fifth place Atlanta United. I'm well, I'm going to actually go with the fifth seed again. I like Atlanta United. No offense to NYCFC, they're also a very good team. I think this is going to be a, one. Once again, four for fifty. I think it's always going to be a very uh, close game, but I, I don't know. I think something about Atlanta United. You know, to me, I thought all they had to do was just get in the playoffs, and I think they can do something. And this is me essentially saying I think they can do something, and I think that they'll move on to the next round uh, in this one. Uh, third place, Nashville. Nashville has looked great. The guy Walker Zimmerman. You know, that's it, overall just a very solid team. And also uh, Joe Willis, who is a nominee for goalkeeper of the year. So really good team taking on sixth place, Orlando. Uh, Orlando has just hasn't looked good. And it's unfortunate, especially if you're a fan of Nani and, and Alexander Pato, you'd want to see those guys, you know, do well, but they just haven't. And uh, I don't think that they're going to move on because of that. Um, and then Damn. you got the second place, Philadelphia Union, taking on seventh place, Red Bull, New York. I want to say somehow that Red Bull New York finds a way to beat Philadelphia. I don't think they're going to beat Philadelphia. So, and then the first seed is actually the number one team overall in the MLS standing. So that include that means if you matched in the Eastern and Western Conference together, this team is the team that won the Supporters Shield. And you know, we talked. You know, I talked about Bruce Arena how he is the he is the rebuild master when it comes to the MLS. He did it with DC United. He did it with the LA Galaxy, and he, he ends up finding success with New England and turned that team around to be those Supporters Shield winners. So New England Revolution's back up top. But also, there's also the thing, if you win the Supporters Shield, you end up not making the, you know, you, you end up not winning the MLS Cup. So yeah, could, they, could, they, could they end that trend? I really do think so. I, I really do like New England. Um, but my dark horse in this whole MLS playoffs right now is Atlanta United. But I think my favorite, and it's going to be the boring pick, but also kind of not boring because the fact is that Supporters Shield winners have yet to have, have not won an MLS Cup. I'm going to go with the New England Revolution. I think the New England Revolution ends up winning the MLS Cup and the rebuild is completely over, completely completed for Bruce Arena yet again. Okay. So, and then we're just continues to nod through. <laughs> yep, pretty much. But yeah, man, check it. Like so get ready for this weekend. MLS Cup, the MLS Cup playoffs begins. I can't wait. It is it, the MLS. The best part of the MLS is watching the MLS Cup playoffs. I think it, the matches get a little bit more interesting. Um, Edward's probably going to start watching them because it is the playoffs. But I think it's going to be a fun playoff nonetheless. Unfortunately, Columbus Crew did not make it. And that was my favorite to win the whole thing in our previews from la- for the beginning of the I season. Think I, re- I think I remember that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, hot seat, me, you know, teams that I pick to win things. So, <laughs> yeah. 
But all right, now we're going to go something that you do, you you can't talk a little bit more of, and that is the Liga MX Apertura playoff. It is time, man. This is this is this is going to be the crazy part of our of our season. Um, aside mm-hmm. from transfers and all that, when we're trying to figure things to talk about, but yeah, man, it is the Liga MX playoffs. Um, for the Apertura, um, I'm really excited. I'm sure you're very excited to see who's going to come up top in Mexico. But we'll go ahead and talk about the reclassification. So we have the fifth place, Santos Laguna, taking on 12th place, Atletico San Luis. Um, I think I I'm see, going for Santos. Yeah, I'm like, I don't they see can't. an upset happening here. I know we, we saw an upset last last playoff with, uh, with Puebla. I don't think we're getting yeah. one this time around. No, I don't think so. Uh, the next game we have sixth place Toluca taking on eleventh place Pumas. I think Toluca takes it. I think Pumas can do it. You think so? I think <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> as a as a as a guy that likes Toluca. It wouldn't surprise me if Pumas beats Toluca. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I I hope they don't, but at the same time, it wouldn't shock me that Pumas is the lower C team that beats that beats the upper C team. So, so there, there's my thoughts on that one. Um, in the sec, uh, the seventh place, Puebla versus the tenth place, Chivas. I think, I think uh, Chivas on that one. Okay, so this is this is your upset. That's my upset. Yeah, I'm with you as well. I'm going with Chivas. Um, and then we got eighth place, Cruz Azul, the the winners of the Clausura, taking on Monterrey, the ninth place, Monterrey. How did they go from first place to like the winners to freaking eighth place? Liga MX, man. Liga MX. <laughs> oh, man. Because Liga MX. Remember, there's a cursed team. Yeah, yeah. But you got eight versus nine uh, going up against each other. Like I said, these are usually the more evenly matched games. I'm going with Monterrey. I was going to say, I'm going with Monterrey. I'll push for Monterrey on that one. All right. And then for people that are trying to me- wondering, well, who are the who are the top four teams? So in first place is America. Go figure. Um I think that actually I think that's who I had projected to that was my favorite for Liga MX this season. For the Apertura. So I I guess I'm right. At least for now. Um second place is Atlas, which where the hell was that? Where the where the hell did Atlas came from? <laughs> <laughs> but here they are. Uh, in third place, you have Leon, which is a team that you would normally see around here as well. Um, and then in fourth place, you have led by Miguel Herrera. Is it, yeah, Piojo. El Piojo. Led, led by El Piojo, Tigres. Also with Davin. So, I really can't wait to watch this. Uh, I think if I had to pick a dark horse team, um, I'd say honestly, I think Monterrey is always gonna to me as a dark horse team. You can't you can't count them out, I, especially against if they go up against a, a Tigres or they go up against an America. Any of the top four, I think Monterrey can definitely put up a big a good fight for it. So I would say Monterrey is my dark horse. Um, okay. Who do you who do you think is your dark? Who who would you say is a dark horse for this one? If you think Monterrey is fine too, 
Chivas. Chivas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got two rivalries in the top four. You got Atlas and then you have America. So, I mean, yeah. I, especially, I think all standings, like, you can push that to the side when it's a rivalry game. So, I, I definitely agree with you with Chivas. Yeah. Um, but if I had to say a favorite right now, I'll, I'll probably just stick with my pick in America. My favorite will probably be Tigres. Okay. So, Piojo does it again. Super Saiyan Piojo. Yep. All right. So that is the Liga MX playoff, uh, uh, preview for the Liga MX playoffs for the Apertura. I can't wait. Um, remember, these, well, the, for reclassification, there is no second leg. But once you go in and throughout the tournament, it will be two legs, including the final, in, co- in case people don't know how, how Liga MX does their thing. So there is that. All right. So, game, the, you know, obviously we're back to the season. The international break is over. So here are the games to watch this weekend. Obviously, we mentioned it, the MLS playoffs. It's going to be a good good time to be watching the MLS playoffs this weekend. So go ahead and keep your eyes out on that. You have the NWSL final. To the teams that I did not pick to win, Washington Spirit and the Chicago Red Stars, I will go ahead and give you guys respect and not get, and not try to pick a winner. Uh, so you, it could be a very even match. <laughs> so so I'll I'll give I'll, I'll free you from that from that torture. So yeah, yes. so the NWSL final it's going to be on CBS 12 p.m. Eastern time in Louisville. So luckily the players are going to be able to get enough rest before their game time instead of playing in Portland where they would have to essentially be playing at 9 in the morning. People in the west in the in the west coast still have to wake up and watch the game at 9, but at least the players don't have to. So so at least there's that. But yeah, so and it's going to be in Louisville, the new stadium, obviously. So, you know, I think a, a great choice for the NWSL final to be on. So keep an eye out for that one. 12 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. And obviously, we, we, we just previewed it. The League MX playoffs is, is starting. So go ahead and also keep your eye on that. Those games do are so much fun to watch. So make sure you guys watch that. Um, in League Un, we have Stade Rennes, who continues to look amazing, taking on Montpierre. And uh, the battle between Olympic Lyon versus Olympic Marseille. Mm-hmm. So on that one, I want to say Marseille from that one. Okay. In the Bundesliga, we have Hoffenheim taking on RB Leipzig. RB Leipzig has found some form after having that discussion with with. Um, Wow, I'm really drawing a blank on the guy's name. Uh, who's the manager? The manager. The American. Come on. You you, you used to talk about him. I know. And I'm, I'm really Marsh? mad right now that I can't say the name. Jesse Marsh? Jesse Marsh. The players talked to Jesse Marsh, and they ever since then, they've been back on track. They've been back in form. Um, so we hopefully we can see more from it. Freiburg. Well, they got destroyed from uh, by Bayern Munich. Uh, another team that was like, oh, this is going to be a formidable opponent for Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich proved them wrong. Um, hopefully they can bounce back against Frankfurt. Hmm. In the Serie A, we have Juventus, another team that's looking to bounce back, taking on Lazio. Yeah. Um, go with Juventus on this one. Okay. And Inter Milan taking on I believe still first place, Napoli. 
Mm, on this one, damn, this one's actually pretty. I want to. I guess I'll give it to Inter on this one. Okay, you're gonna give it to Inter. Yep, and Napoli is still first place. Actually, they have yet to have lost a game. Actually, AC Milan hasn't lost a game. So, could Inter Milan give Napoli their first loss of the season? Apparently, ever believes it. Um, in La Liga, we have Sevilla taking on Alaves. I just want to. I just want to see. Uh, uh, well, I'm trying. Matt Miazga. There you go. So, I want to see how Matt Miazga performs against Sevilla, and then, I mean, you have to watch it, right? I mean, it's gonna be the debut of Xavi Hernandez as manager of Barcelona as they take on Espanol. Yeah, that's gonna be the derby. I think it's the uh, the, the Catalan derby. Yeah, the Catalan derby. Yep, so two teams from Catalan, Catalonia, more specific. But two Catalan teams are going to be taking on against each other. So why, that, how, how, how better to start things off for Xavi's career as the manager of Barcelona than by taking on a fellow Catalonian team? So. Yep, so that's going to be, that's going to, that's going to basically just put it out there. So, yeah. So, those, and then in the English Premier League, we have Liverpool. Taking on Arsenal. Liverpool. Look, Arsenal's been finding some form. Ramsdale looks like a god. I mean, he got his first start for England. Smith Rowe got his first goal for England. Um, Liverpool has some injuries. So, I mean, there's there's that, but they also are pretty loaded. Um, okay, wait. Was I trying to talk myself into them winning? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a pretty fair. Yeah, it's, I think it's a fairly even game. Um, this, I'm gonna this, do, might, I'm gonna this might be the end of the of the undefeated streak that Arsenal had for a while. Um, See, if we can get Hector to do that, then more than likely. You know what? Liverpool wins. Liverpool's gonna win. No, let, let's, I'm just gonna say that. I'm just gonna leave it there. I'm not gonna say anything else. Liverpool wins. Liverpool wins. Hopefully no one catches on to what I'm doing. Anyways. I know what you And then doing. the other game is Wolves taking on West Ham United. Um, a, a David Moyes-led Wolves team that is in the top four. Never thought I I'll say... I was, like, I, was, I was like, I'll have to say... I don't know, man. Uh, David Moyes led team that's in the top four. Couldn't do Manchester United, but apparently could do it West Ham. So I mean, I guess David Moyes is finally looking like the guy that Sir Alex Ferguson saw. So would have thunk it. But yeah, so those are some games that you guys should keep an eye on. Obviously, the big one to check out is the NWSL final. It's the final. We're going to have a new NWSL champion. This is going to Washington Spirit and, and the Chicago Red Stars have yet to have lift the NWSL championship. So we're going to have a new champion. Is it going to be Trinity Rodman and the Washington Spirit? Or is it going to be Mallory Pugh and the Chicago Red Stars? Well, you're going to have to find out on CBS Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. And we'll go ahead and take one more break and then we'll start, we'll get things going with our three up, three down. Hey, it's Hector. 
Yo, this is Edward. And we, we are, are Insert Name FC. Listen to us discuss news, recaps, and preview games from across the world of soccer. Catch us on unhingedsn.com on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. We will see you there. And we're back. All right, we're three up, three down, and today's topic is video game characters. You there? Yeah, I'm there. Okay. I mean, I'm here. This boy said I'm there. I'm here. All right. Uh, All right. Obviously, we grew up. We grew up playing video games. So obviously, we have some video game characters that hold uh, are are holding dear to our hearts. And we also have video game characters that we kind of hate. So that uh, that's the inspiration for this. I don't even know if there's like a specific reason why I chose video game characters. I think, hey, we haven't touched this topic. So why not? I think that's what I did. And so we're going to start things off. Uh, you want me to start, Edward, or or you want to go first? Yeah, go ahead. You start. All right. Starting off with our three downs. At number three, I have Zelda. Nice. You hater. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Way to put it like that. But the reason why is obviously because we, you know, Super Smash Bros. Um, Zelda is a very interesting character to use in 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 Super Smash Bros. And it's mainly because of obviously who she turns into, which is Sheik. Sheik. And the reason why I can I never understood Zelda because if if that's the case, why does Link have to go through this long going journey? <laughs> If you can literally kick the ass of the person that kidnapped you. I don't know. I think I think I think I think Sheik was introduced in a later in the later series, not in the very first original Legend of Zelda. And then later on, you know, they introduced Sheik. So then it was like, well, we're already in here. So you know. Yeah. Yeah, so so that kind of pissed me off. So but yeah, so number three I have Zelda. Uh, number two, uh, Wario. <laughs> uh, just, um, wow. I think also mainly because of the fact that Elon Musk played him on SNL as a skit, which was a terrible skit, by the way. Um, that just sounds horrible. Yeah, uh, a little, a little offensive too. But um, that's not the point. Um, but yeah, you know, you had that going for him. But you know, like playing like Mario Kart, uh, you know, he's kind of slow. Um, so it doesn't help you for Mario Kart. Um, and how do I know I use him? Well, because my nieces like playing Mario Kart on their Nintendo Switch. So and Emma actually picks my characters for me, and she and she tends to give me Mar- uh, Wario at times. And I think it's because she knows she at least has a better shot at beating me. If I'm Wario, <laughs> so smart girl, I will give her that. Very smart, but yeah, I, I just never understood Wario's character um, to begin with. I know they 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 explained the the, the Star Children, uh, like kind of the origin stories of of, of Super Mario. But I feel yeah. like I just didn't care for it. <laughs> to be honest, I just you know Mario and Luigi. That's all I cared about. It's like you're adding all these like Star Children, and it's just like eh. and like I don't know how Wario just like. He's like, he looks like a bad guy. So let's just say he's a bad guy. <laughs> so I think that's what kind of what happened. Waluigi, Wario. So. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. Um, and then my number one is, uh, 
I think some people are probably going to be shocked by this, but Frank uh, from oh, was it was his name Frank? Dang it, I need to, I need to check that again. Well, what video game is it? Grand Theft Auto uh, Five. Oh yeah, yeah, that's Frank. The the dude that with the wife beater. Yeah, that's him. No, that's Tre- Trevor. Trevor. So which one's Frank? Uh, let's see. The main protagonist. Yeah. Oh damn! Why'd you hate him? Um, let me see. No, not not Franklin. Uh, Michael. Michael. Oh, Michael DeSanta. That's who I didn't like. I like Frank. Frank, yeah, Frank is actually my uh, my favorite character on Grand Theft Auto Five. Uh, Mike, I could kind of live with that. I didn't really like his storyline too much. I mean, mm. he's, he's who you start out with in Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. But the only thing that I don't know, I hated his family. <laughs> I really hated his family. You mean his son? His yeah. I mean, more so his, nauseous son. It, I'm more so. I hated his son. But like, yeah, yeah. No, I just. I kind of, I kind of was tempted in killing Michael, and when I was playing Grand Theft Auto Five, you know how you have the option at the end of the game where you play, you know, as Franklin, you choose to either save Trevor or kill Michael, or you yeah. can save both. Mm. Part of me wanted to just kill Michael and call it a day, but I decided to save both, um, which apparently was a good, a good, a good, a uh, good idea by my part because apparently I get death threats by his son, so. Uh, if I if I would have had chose to kill Michael, so maybe yeah, that would have see that would have been another nuisance. I get freaking random phone calls by his son, so I would have hated Michael even more. So, but yeah, Michael's character I just didn't care for him. I like Trevor's character because he was a wild card, and then Frank. I mean, you were basically playing through through Frank in the game. But um, but yeah, so that that is my my three down. Um, Edward, who's your three down? All right, so my three down was. My number three, Gary from the Pokemon series. See, I was thinking about saying Gary, but the only thing with me is like, I just never, I didn't know what, if I really put Gary down. I think I just like put random names on there. Sometimes for Gary's. I mean, I, I was going to choose Gary because uh, the thing is I would always name him a different name. Okay. Like, uh, for example, sometimes I name him Asswipe or... I mean, back when we were kids, it's like crap muncher, um, you know. I know you could name him Blue. No, no. The thing is, like, you can name him Blue. Like, there's like, there's like predetermined. Yeah, you could type in your your own name for him, or you could like use one of It was like Blue Gary, and if you were Blue, you could name him Red. You know, like Mm -hmm. I think if you have the Blue version, you can name him Red. Um. But yeah, um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to name him Asswipe or Munch or Crap Muncher or Butt Munch, you know, stuff like that. I hated him. He was such a dick. The whole I game. mean, the first the first thing he does in, in the game is that he chooses the Pokemon that that's clearly has an advantage on your Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So dig move right there. But uh then again, I guess I can't blame him for for picking something strong, like it gives him more of a shot. He loses every time, but I mean, like, and then somehow, somehow he's the last person you gotta face off after being the elite eight or the elite four. Yeah, oh, which I'm I like, how, how the fuck did you get through here? <laughs> yeah, and then when you run into him every now and again, yeah, and he's always bragging about shit. 
Yeah, it's such a dick move. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. All right, so that's my number three. Uh, my number two, Bowser, in every Mario game. Because, yeah. god damn it, how many times do I have to go through you? Even in the new one, even in uh, Bowser's Rage, my god, it's like, you just, it's so annoying. I remember um, when uh, Super Mario 64, like, the, all you had to do was just grab, like, grab by the tail. No, but if you played the harder mode, you played the harder mode, he would get bigger. And it was harder to get him down. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, but Bowser's my number two. And then my number one. And this is extremely rare. So. This there's this game I used to play called Legend of Dragoon on PlayStation One. It was an RPG, turn-based. So not turn-based. Um, it was just a regular RPG, kind of like Final Fantasy VII for all the people out there. Um, basically, I hated the fact that it would randomly, let's say, if I had already lost like two of my comrades or whatever, and the opponent was a lot stronger than me. And I still managed to be able to take him down because that's where I was in the story. Um, so I had like one last guy left alive. And then I'm like, okay, cool. I just need one more attack and I'm going to beat him. And I choose my attack. And mind you, in my mind, and this happened like maybe four or five times. I just can't remember this guy's name. Um, I just know he was one of the major bosses at the end of the game. They beat the game in the end. It was a four-disc game. For PlayStation 1, a four-disc game. Um, I would love them to remake it back on like PS5 or PS4. Um, But yeah, it it was just such a drag. And then I think it was like three times that I went through it. And I was like, all right, I just need one more attack. And I'd be like, okay, attack him. And it would go and attack, miss. And I was like, what? And then he would attack me and then I was dead. And I would have to redo that whole fight all over. I redid it, and I was about to kill him. Next thing you know, instead of it being my turn, I chose my attack, and he would attack me first, and I'd fall. And I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. I was, like, so fucking pissed. Like, I think I was pissed off, like, I don't know, for how many days. I stopped playing that game for a while, and then I came back to it. Again, I lost. And then finally, I think it was, like, after a while, I was like, okay, I figured something out with the potions and the special... um, a special ability of one of them that they can heal and whatever. So I just had to switch them around real quick. And I was like, man, I was like, this was a, such a pain in the ass. I cannot remember for the life of me what that character's name was, but I just remember I fucking hated for that reason. Okay. But it just, let's just call him the, one of the, the main, one of the main bosses from Legend of Dragoon. All right, then. Yeah. All right. For three up, I have um, Captain Price. Call of Duty. Oh, Modern God. Warfare. Yeah. Um, he's like, just. All right. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, modern, well, I guess Modern Warfare 1 and then Modern Warfare 2. I know he was in Modern Warfare 3, but uh, let's not talk about Modern Warfare 3. Um. But yeah, like he's just an iconic character, the mustache, the British accent. Um, 
just a fun character. I did like him more. I mean, Modern Warfare 2, because, you you know, he's like the last person you play with. Like, that's like the last mission is your Captain Price. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was pretty dope. Yeah, just, yeah, badass character, man. Just a badass character. Especially, that was like when Call of Duty was really good, you know, so. Yeah. So there's that. So, um, and then number two, uh, uh, it's going to be uh, Falco. Oh man! From from uh, Star Fox, but more specifically, uh, Smash Bros. Um, that was my guy. Um, it you know it'd be crazy. It was when we played when me and Ever used to play uh, uh, Smash Bros. with you know friends from high school. From when me and whenever it has whenever it had Fox and I had Falco, man, those those were battles. <laughs> like those were just straight up battles, man. You can't keep up with me no more. Oh no, because it's been so long now that <laughs> I would have like when because I was playing Smash Bros with with Heidi and Emma, mm-hmm. and, and I was like I'm like I'm kind of like trying to re re get used to playing with Falco because Falco's pretty quick, so yeah, like I had to get like used to playing with that again, and because like, and also playing with a Switch controller is a little bit different, yeah, so um, it, it took some getting used to, but uh, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely not the same player from Smash Bros like that I was in high school. And I still got beat by you anyway. So I mean Yeah. I'd be close, but never, never, but no cigar. Once 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 I started using Marth, everybody hated me. Oh, I hated you. <laughs> I hated you. Marth and then that uh, angel dude. Uh no, I never used Pit. Oh, you never used Pit? I was Pit? never I was not a that was uh that was Jesus. Yeah, that it was it was cheapest because he always kept doing the fucking wheel of fortune kind of shit, and then yeah. everybody would just like, "Damn it, like let me go!" And like he just found the spam character basically. But then when I was Marth, I I did it like I don't know Marth and Roy, like that's where I was like, "There we go." That's what I was just, thinking of. Yeah, because they had essentially the same attacks, except Roy was just a little bit quicker. No, Roy was the, the slower one, but he was just more powerful. His counter was a hell of a lot more powerful. Oh, okay. I still remember. I still remember when uh, Alvin was playing as Ganondorf, and he tried to do the the super Ganondorf punch, and I countered it. <laughs> he got so mad because that was my last. I, for, life. I forgot Alvin played with uh, with Ganondorf. Yeah, that was his guy. And then I got better with him, though. Like I've used Ganondorf, and then I got faster and better with him. So then he was like. Man, screw this shit. <laughs> he just he just started using other characters. I think Samus was like one of his at the end of it. All right. And then number one, Charizard. Okay. I can respect that. Let's let's be real. Let's be honest. Everybody knows the, the starter Pokemon that everybody starts with. I don't Charmander. care about the, I don't care about the Bulbasaur people. I don't care about the, the the Squirtle people. Every guy and every person can tell you. They all got Charmander because they knew that Charmander becomes Charizard, and that is your guy. And I don't care mm-hmm. that technically it would not be wise to start out with Charmander because, well, you know, you, you take on the rock guy as a gym leader, and then you take on the water person as a gym leader. So in hindsight, maybe it isn't the ideal move to start with Charmander, but you know what? Fuck it. I figure it out. <laughs> so, which I always, I always luck out getting Mankey and, and Pikachu. Uh, no, I, like, well, I, would, I would always look out and get Pidgey and uh, Rattata and You don't look Sparrow. out and get Pidgey. You, you just get Pidgey. Well, yeah, but I mean, I would get Pidgey strong enough to where I was like, okay, let me go face Brock. And then he would just beat the crap out of all of them with the air attacks. 
Or you get Mankey, who's a fighting type, who's strong against rock types. Yeah. Which I lucked out and found a Mankey. And then and when I'm in the, the little Vermilion Forest, I find a Pikachu. So I always lucked out that guy. So that's usually my go-to. But yeah, Charizard, let's face it, as soon as you, you, as soon as you, you you're, you're working your ass off to evolve your Charmander into a Charizard. Like that's, that's the goal. Once you get them, you make them OP as fuck. And, and that's what I did. So that's, yeah, Charizard, best Pokemon ever. Yep. Okay. That's cool. All right. So my top three. All right. So my top three is actually um, number three, Nathan Drake from Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel as Tom yeah. Holland? I just gotta wait and see, man. I can't really just call it out. Like Nolan North really played a very convincing voiceover to the CGI. Sometimes I'd be like watching and eating cereal while I was playing, and I was like, "Why is he not moving?" I'm thinking I was watching a movie, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's me!" Oh fuck! And I was like, had to run with him. Um, but I guess Tom Holland would be a good young, you know, a good young. Nathan Drake. Like, I guess getting out of college kind of appeal, even though in the game he didn't really finish school. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Nathan Drake, number three. Number two, this is kind of a combo. Ratchet and Clank. Okay. I mean, that, that's so, a title character. So that's okay. The, the, those were, oh my God. They were so much fun playing. Tools of Future Destruction. Oh my God, those are or no, Wretched Clank Future Tools of Destruction. That was so much fun turning freaking the enemies into, into cows and stuff. Like I, I wish they would have remade at least some of the games that they made like for PS2 and then remade them for PS4. Kind of like how they've done with a lot of the remakes. Um, you know, clean it up a bit. But they did make the Ratchet and Clank game based off the Ratchet and Clank movie. Ooh. So it's kind of, yeah. But it's it's a lot of fun, though. Like, that game is so much fun. There's so much to do. I can actually, I think I can actually 100% that one, like, trophy-wise, all whatsoever. But it's just so much fun, dude. Like, playing as, as Ratchet and Clank, like, it's just so much fun. That game is so, so much fun. Um, but, yeah, that's my number two. And then my number one is actually Sly Cooper. Okay. Yeah. So I miss those games. That that one that is one of the games that I used to play hands down. When Sly 3 came out and you could play as like one or the other. Oh man, I had so much fun playing as all of them. Like um I can't remember the hippo. I can't remember the hippo or the turtle's name, but I know Sly. I mean Sly uh, I know the female Fox cop, uh, Carmela, Carmelita. I can't remember. I just remember the villains too. Um, she supposedly was helping you, but it turns out she was a she was a villain. Um, trying to resurrect Clockwork. So you know all of those. Um, but I had a lot of fun playing those games. If I could, I probably I probably download them later on. <laughs> but but yeah, so those are my top three. All right. I mean, I think if it were, I think this is one that, that, that is worthy of honorable mentions. Um, my two honorable mentions is Michael Vick in Madden 04 because he was just, <laughs> he was just God in that game. Like no one could beat him. 
you couldn't, you just couldn't. It wasn't, it wasn't fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And uh, Pablo Sanchez. Oh, <laughs> from, from backyard, backyard games. Yeah, from the backyard games. No matter what game, the only one he, he wasn't even good at the basketball too, like, because he was speeding and he had a, actually a good shot. It was kind of funny watching him like dribble, even though like the ball was like literally going over his head every yeah. time he dribbles. But yeah, 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 he he was a god, especially in backyard baseball. Um, I would also say for when it comes to backyard sports, Pete Wheeler, because um, that kid was just ungodly fast, uh, especially in backyard baseball. Because I would just literally just bunt the baseball and then have him just sprint. Well, so. here's one here's one honorable mention. I'm pretty sure a lot of people will probably get upset. One uh one of them is a uh, Kingdom Hearts Sora, okay. You know, so that's one. That's a really awesome character. And then um, my second honorable mention will probably be you know I mean you can't really go off of it. Um, we were trying to avoid them. We were trying to avoid him. I mean we talked about it earlier, but you know Super Mario, Mario, you know. So he's yeah. very lovable. Um. I will say I'm very interested in how Chris Pratt is gonna voice Mario in the oh, yeah. in the Mario movie. <laughs> so, sure, I'm worried about the Luigi. I'm worried about what he's gonna do. Who's Luigi? Um, the guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I thought Charlie Day was Toad. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I think that was Luigi. Hey, let me see. Was it? I don't know. See Mario movie cast. Oh no, Charlie Day is Luigi. Yeah, I was figuring Toad is somebody else. I just can't remember. But the uh, thing is, I think oh, it's... Keegan Michael Key is Toad. Oh damn! That's a, yeah, that's a bit interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, but yeah, Anya Anya Taylor Joy is gonna be uh, uh, Princess Peach. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Don't know what I'm gonna expect from that. But I, I could I could tell you it's it's gonna be pretty decent. Jack Black is Bowser. That one's gonna be throwing me off a bit. Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. I just like I that they're know. bringing Cranky Kong. I don't know how, how you bring bringing the Kongs. Do you think? <laughs> oh man, what I would love it with the Donkey Kong if they would bring out the. The the super the super the super Nintendo song from Donkey Kong, uh, Donkey Kong the Country, one where Donkey Kong Country from, from the very beginning. That was that was like my favorite beat when it comes to video games. You know, I actually have that as a ringtone, like one of my ringtones. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I could get Spencer to to do a beat with that, with the Donkey Kong Country beat. He probably could. Oh, I'm going to send you something on Facebook, bro. That just threw me off. It sounds so, so good. I, I guess if you're like a music type of guy, like you, you'll you'll see it. You'll you'll understand it. And you'll be like, damn, like that is bad freaking ass. Like, I'll send it to you on the, um, uh, on a, uh, on on Facebook. Okay. Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah. Are you looking for it on your phone now? No. I'm a, I'm it's country with a K, right? 
No. It was country, like the regular, how you spell country? Yeah. Wasn't Donkey Kong country? Okay. No. Here they did everything with Donkey Kong. Oh. I'm just going to ask that. Okay. Anyways. But yeah. So, nah. Yeah. I love that beat. Anyways. So that's the show, man. Uh, we want to give a shout out to Belly Up, the Belly Up Podcast Network. Make sure you guys check out their website, www.bellyupsports.com. See the great articles that everybody's been writing, especially our boy James Kim, uh, soccer writer extraordinaire for Belly Up. And um, even though currently the Unhinged Radio is, is taking a hiatus because, you know, we're trying to figure things out there dealing with some we're trying we're gonna fix that up so we can make give you guys a better radio experience so right now it is not, go, not nothing's going on but make sure you guys do follow them on twitter at radio unhinged so you guys will be up to date with with some updates of when they will be coming back but they will they will still be very active on twitter and and instagram as well so make sure you guys follow them uh once again at radio unhinged uh so you guys can be up to date with when the radio is going to come back, but also what everybody else on the unhinged radio family is doing uh, in the meantime. Also a shout out to Alejandro Gomez and aging graphics for the creation of the insert name FC logo. Uh, you can follow her on Instagram at a G graphics, with an X go check her out. Um, obviously you guys see our logo. It's very catching. So if you guys need a logo done, hit up Alejandro because she'll take great care of you. Just like how she took great care of us. Love you, Alejandro. And of course, of course, we have to thank this man. You know, he, he does everything for us. He works his ass off for us, and, and we can't thank him enough. And, and I mean, we thank them so... The way we show our appreciation is by the fact that we named the Player of the Year Award after him, and that is Roosevelt Spencer. Um, he is our producer. He's our beat maker. He, he's, he's what makes us sound pretty, somewhat decent when it comes to these singing bits that Edward owes a uh, it still owes a lot of. I'm like I'm like overdrafted on the debt or whatever on the bet. Yeah, so everyone's <sighs> everyone's got some work to do. Um, but yeah, so he's he's gonna make sure that we sound good enough for you guys not to be tortured. Um, so so yeah, thank you. You know, we can't thank Spencer enough. He is he is the heartbeat of this podcast, and we and make sure you guys follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. If you guys need a beat done for for you, whether you're just working in music or Maybe you're trying to start a podcast. Spencer is your guy and go ahead and get that done. But yeah, man, um, just like USA beat Mexico two to nothing. We got to have oh. to, we're going to have to wrap this up, man. So thanks for listening to episode 63. Catch us next week for episode 64. Take care, guys.
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.